All right. Welcome back to Going Long on First. We are back finally after a, I don't know, two-week vacation. We'll call it that. But a lot of things happened. I was on vacation last week, a real one, which was nice. Um, but Same. we're back. It's a good week to be back. Owen, you're here. Jeremy, you're here. We're all finally in the same virtual room, we'll call it, finally. It's good to be back. What a what a perfect day to to start this back up again, huh? Why why do you say that stuff? Why perfect day? Really? It it is because you know what? Steven Nelson <laughs> is heading to Philly. That, that's all we need to talk about. For like seven million. But I'm I'm here. I'm ready. Speak to me. Jeremy, He's gonna be wearing number three. Three, that's a big number in Philly. It's a big number in Philly. Who is number three? My man, pound for pound, the greatest damn basketball player to walk the earth. Say it, Owen. Say it. Pound for pound, the greatest uh, basketball player to ever walk the earth. You know what, Jeremy? Uh, for some reason, the answer isn't coming Ooh, to mind. I like that. That's crazy that you say it like that. But uh, maybe yeah, you could AI. ask. Maybe you could ask. Uh, Maybe we could ask Siri, Apple's uh, AI system, you know, for the answer. Uh, Jeremy, this is a – or Owen, this is a short answer question, so. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Oh, it's Allen Iverson. Yeah, I, did, I just remembered. Oh, yeah. Shoot, gosh. Anyways, no, let's a, get back that's to that's football. Big news. That's all big right. news. It, 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 it's it big news for you guys. I mean, this is going to be all Eagles today because uh, – we're finally at the NFC East coming down the last couple of divisions. We're still doing our division by division breakdown, even though it felt like it's been forever, but we're going to get back on track here. Yeah, we, we are some divisions. What uh, you know what Owen? Yeah. We're going to do some fantasy football soon in a couple Pretty weeks. Pretty soon right? I'll have, I'll have some stuff ready. I will. Uh, I might tip, tip the, tip the cap here to some, some other fantasy players. I may or may not be fighting against in the coming weeks and leagues but you know what it's all in the interest of helping out i have the knowledge that you need i'm willing to share at least i will do the research and i will share my findings you know and uh we'll come up with a catchy name when we get there too we'll we'll get something i think you're right well we'll get something we'll get something to tie it up before we go before we get it can i just explain express how good it's been to be a Wisconsin sports fan in the past couple weeks. The Milwaukee champion Bucks. Hey, hey, hey. Care of business Bucks and six. six just a week ago. It really was just a week ago, wasn't it? Tuesday, last Tuesday. Yeah. Um, yep. Here the deer. The Milwaukee Brewers in the middle of the season here leading the pennant or well, you know, and I'll central anyway. Make a big trade. Hey, for they, got, they got one baseman. of the best records in baseball, too. So you can say it's that. It's crazy. You can say that. And then Aaron Rodgers in a Green Bay Packer uniform. Wait a minute. Whoa. On the field. Whoa. Wait, what? What did you just say? Oh, did I break? Am I breaking news to you, Seth? I said Aaron Rodgers in a Green Bay Packer uniform. Aaron Rodgers. Hey. <laughs> on the field. We love, we love to hear that. That's what we've been waiting for for the 
the last what four months, five months we've been talking about this. It's been misery. It's waiting for this day. Misery. Truly has. Adam Schefter ruined it. my life for four months. You know what? I hope his life has been ruined for the last four months too. <laughs> wow. That's all I got to say. Was at the gym today. ESPN came on. Adam Schefter came on, and I walked the other way. It's <laughs> whether right oh. or wrong. Packers fans are just not going to give him the time of day for for a, quite a while. Yeah, Haters. especially the Aaron Rodgers apologists too. Especially them. Is this whole podcast Aaron Rodgers ball watchers? I feel like it might be now. Hey, uh, I wouldn't go quite that far. Okay, but uh, like I told you, free pod. PP, uh, listening PP. to McCa- Pat McAfee. He had who? Who's the Seth? I was mentioning to you the last time we pod. Andrew Brandt. That's who. I used to work. Brandt. There it yeah. is. Andrew Brandt. He's every great. time I listen to that guy, every time I listen to him, I'm like, yo, this isn't on Rodgers. This is on the Packers. Every he, time I listen to that guy. He's he's a smart guy. He's a smart he's, guy. He's Very been smart. right about the whole situation since Jump Street. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, I, I'm glad we're starting out with this. Obviously, great news for us. But I hope uh, I hope things are put aside. Obviously, this was... We're coming at you on Wednesday, the first day of training camp. So this Aaron Rodgers news is pretty fresh out there on the field for the first time today. But obviously this was announced two days ago on Monday when Schefter and Ian Rappaport broke the news that sides were coming together and things like that. And Packerland, Titletown, people rejoiced. You know, it was a, yeah. it was a great yeah. day on Monday. Um, so we're kind of coming to a realization today as he actually stepped onto the field, slinging balls, just, just like Aaron Rodgers does. So what, what a good day for us. Like you said, Owen, what a good day for Wisconsinites last week and a half, all, all this. It's a good, it's a good time. I, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just in a good mood. It's a good day. About the only, we've been begging for just a little, just a small taste of good time as a fandom and uh we're just going to enjoy this moment the bucks have brought us this 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 nice gift so we're going to just ride it out and then we'll feel miserable again next offseason probably at least by uh how aaron Rodgers sounded on the mic we'll probably hey, he be said, miserable next offseason. he said the door is open he said he, always, he won't shut yeah. the door you never know yes so i guess you know, we'll see the one thing I was going to kind of chime in with this is on the Pat McAfee show, he made the comment this season, Aaron Rodgers will be the longest tenured Packer ever. Yep. Now, if that doesn't carry some cachet to be able to just walk in and say, Hey, I want Randall fucking Cobb. Okay. It worked this time. It works. You guys got Randall Cobb allegedly today, right? But yeah, it's a done deal. Just, done deal today. Done deal. Done deal. And I just, as I was kind of listening to him and Andrew Brandt, I'm like, these guys are really onto something. Like, Rodgers, especially coming off an MVP season, about to be the longest standard Packer, this guy should have all the wiggle room in the world in Green Bay, especially small market Green Bay. Like, you know how much money that guy's probably bringing into revenue? Speaking of which, Packers released the revenue earnings of last year. That was a good conversation there on the McAfee show, if that's what you're referencing. 
Yep, yep. Made some hella change, like some just crazy money. But uh, especially for the smallest market in the NFL, you know what I mean? It's a lot of money. You know, it's it's not a vacation destination, Jim. Not a good quote. <laughs> Seth, it's really not. You know, for some of these Wisconsinites around here, they probably like to get by the water. But nobody's going there in the wintertime unless it's for Packer game. Exactly. Yep. Maybe, maybe a little ice fishing. Maybe a little ice fishing. You could do that. You know what, Seth? That's, if, that's just if, us. That's just us. That, that <laughs> is just us. That is our vacation in-state. Uh, you know, Seth, you said it isn't a vacation destination. Then why would free agents want to come to Green Bay? You know, maybe to play with one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. You know, that that's kind of an appeal. Just like, you know, players go to play with Tom Brady. It's kind of an appeal. You would uh, Plus that Florida weather and no taxes. But anyways. <laughs> well, well, beyond that, it, even when he was in New England. Yes, Seth, I, I agree. People want to play with star, star caliber quarterbacks. Now, you can't really reference many offensive skill position weapons that have like ran to Green Bay to play with them. That's actually been pretty rare, funny enough. But I, that's not to blame on Aaron Rodgers. That's to blame on the Packers, exactly. in my opinion. Well, I, I think are, that's, that's the point Rodgers was trying to bring yeah. up today. Yep. Is that, you know, maybe if they – brought him in a little bit and uh you know he could appeal to some of those big time free agents well he said he was players he already was in the offseason he was laying a nice little humble brag like i've been texting with prospective free agents all offseason that say they want to come to green bay and i would love to have at least a couple of them but i'm not able to get in and have a conversation with the people who matter have those conversations and obviously they were in cap trouble but it's also i it's just everything stems back to just like if rogers was happy he'd restructure we'd have more money we do we do things for the long term and the short term and uh because that didn't happen it just created this window of altering timelines where we're all miserable and (laughs) here we are with our final little smidge of happiness for fandom Hey, we get you know, a, we one... get a year of happiness. We get six, 17 games now. Seventeen games hey, at least. I've seen they've been calling it not the last dance, but the last chance. <laughs> that one. That that, yeah, that we, is a more fitting. Know. That's a more fitting. Uh, definitely a more fitting name for you that. You know, Pat, Pat made the comment that it feels like Aaron Rodgers is trying to bring to light issues that are going on in the green bay front office right and immediately the first thing that came in my head was brett Favre wanted to bring in randy moss remember brett Favre like really wanted randy moss and they wouldn't do it wouldn't do it wouldn't do it and it was always just oh ted don't work like that he tries to build through the draft it's like in the modern nfl you gotta go sign some motherfuckers sometimes you know what i mean like yeah. you just gotta go sign some dudes and it's yeah. you telling me now if aaron Rodgers is like hey julio We've been to the NFC championships the last two years in a row. Another big time receiver could probably put us over the top. You want to come win a ring in, in Green Bay? If you're Julio Jones, you want to go to Green Bay. You don't want to go to Tennessee, man. Like, duh. Duh. I mean, no offense. Hey, A.J. Brown, great receiver. Probably going to be the best receiver in the league in five years. But Devontae Adams is better right now. Five years from now doesn't do Julio any, Julio any good. Ryan Tannehill, above average to good quarterback. 
Aaron Rodgers is probably the best thrower of the football ever. You know what I mean? Aaron Jones is definitely not Derrick Henry, but Aaron Jones gives you a lot more than Derrick Henry, which sounds terrible to say, but he just, he can do more. Derrick Henry is versatile. Yeah, he's more versatile. Um, And then it's like, as far as an overall team, y'all got 10 times the team. As far as an overall coach. Got a better defense. I was going to say, you guys look like you got a better coach too. Like all the way around, you know, historically the Packers are a much better organization than the Titans. So it's like, who knows? Maybe you guys had a shot at Julio and then Packers just never took the shot because they're just known for that. They don't take the shots. No, definitely. I mean, there was some links to Julio when the whole trade speculation started right away, but nothing was ever going to happen because like you said, they don't do that, but maybe, you know, maybe they made two moves today. No, not two big moves. One was kind of big just because it's Cobb, but they also signed another offensive lineman, funny enough, from Tennessee uh, after they reworked this Rogers deal. Now the the numbers and all the details on the contract haven't come out yet. Still, I think uh, the GM, Gutekunst, still said it today that they're still working on a few things, trying to iron it out, but it'll it'll come. Um, so we're yet to see what that contract will look like. Speculation is they're going to put a void year on it at the end, uh, or they're going to take off that final year. So I guess we'll see, or maybe there's a void year after next year. Um, but he's around at least for another year. So we can rejoice for one more year. Last chance. Last Last chance. chance. You know what? If they win a ring, do you not bring him back? How do you not bring Aaron Rodgers back? I think it's more to him, more up to him, probably. Don't you think? I mean, definitely. I think regardless, yeah. I mean, even if they go to the say the NFC Championship game again, and they're one game away, and they're right there, how do you not bring him back? Especially if he plays well again, like even if it's not MVP level, but it's like you know upper echelon top five. How do you not want to bring him back and then? You know, how do you want to hand over the keys to Jordan Love when you still have a top five quarterback content? Like you said, Owen, it probably is up to him whether he actually wants to come back, depending on how the season goes. But it would be foolish of the Packers to want to just this last year to be the last year. True, but, you know, you got to think that the whole – Arguably, the whole situation has been foolish by the Packers. So maybe they're just so stuck in what they're going to do that they're just going to do it. I'd love to see that mindset change a little bit, even if it doesn't mean that. Maybe maybe this is a wake up moment. Maybe, maybe it's too late for, you know, to keep Rogers, but maybe it's just a, you know, as, as he put it, you know, just here to make change for uh, make reparation for past players, past veterans who've left. He had that long list of all those Packers greats that we know and love. Sad to hear them not treated the way they, they should have, you know, get sentimental about it, but but also change the way they do things going forward for future veterans like Devontae or Aaron Jones or Zadarius Smith. Devontae is a, a big one to bring up as well because obviously about a week ago, maybe not even a week ago, talks were off. He sounded disgruntled, sounded like he was done for the year. And then Monday comes around, this Aaron Rodgers news comes around, and then Devontae comes back in and says, all right, well, I'll listen to some offers now that we know Rodgers is back. So 
obviously Adams and Rogers are a bit tied together as well. So maybe if Rogers can rework his deal, Devante will, uh, will tag along as well. I guess we'll see. Uh, as a Packers fan, obviously I hope they um, bring Adams back, but it sounds like they're not wanting to give him top dollar either. Cause he says, I feel like I'm the best receiver in the game, so I should be paid like it. And it doesn't yeah. sound like yep. they want to pay him. That was a good point to bring up because I was I was trying to explain this to some other people. Um, and it makes sense when you when you hear both sides of it. Obviously, Devontae Adams, widely regarded as probably a top three, if not the best wide receiver in the in the league. He should top get paid two, like, but not two. But not two. He should get paid like it especially when you consider the fact that his contract he's been playing, he's been balling out on for the last four years was pissed poor. It was like a, he, he signed it when he was, wasn't great. He was having a lot of struggles and he signed it just to lock himself in long-term for the Packers. It was more of a project deal. Again, he balled out in the last three years, if not all four. So he's been balling on a, on a budget on the Packers yeah. budget. Uh, so he almost deserves <laughs> The reparations for the last four years. He, yeah, he just really deserves absolutely. that top dollar. When you look at it from the Packers front office perspective, the biggest key in their negotiating argument is DeAndre Hopkins gets paid top dollar for receiver right now. He set the market. He also gets paid five million dollars a year more than the next best than the second top contract. And to the Packers front office, they thought that contract was stupid. They don't like it. They don't think it's reflective of the market and they don't want to pay Devante a contract that was, that was done poorly. But that feels more like a negotiating tactic than it does. Like we'll never pay you that, that money. You know, they're probably trying to negotiate him down a little bit just to help them themselves out. So, but I understand completely why Devante is mad. If that makes yeah. sense. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I just said, he's one of the best receivers, if not the best. So he should be paid like it. No, whether, no, I think the big contract thing is because the Packers like to do their contracts a certain way. It's a lot of um, like that bonus, roster bonus stuff kind of thing like that, where I don't think Adams wants it like that because there's not a lot of guarantee in it. So the way the Packers do business is not always friendly for players because the way they, you know, do those contracts. I agree. All right. <laughs> Adams. Is he, is he back next year? Owen? I guess that's my question before uh, we move on. Uh, no, I don't. I don't believe so. I believe this. You don't think he's back? Ooh. Oh, Ooh. you mean? Oh, you're asking me. I thought you meant contract wise. Yes, I uh, do think the Packers buckle and give him what he wants. All right. Do you Seth? think Rodgers is back next year? Less likely. Really, less I likely. would say it was. Le- I think it's less likely for Adams. Do you really? Right. Really. So just just so we're clear, you think uh, that Adams doesn't – they don't figure out a way for Adams to stay if Rodgers does? I think the Adams contract stuff – now, here's the deal. I think it would get pushed out maybe even another year. But I think the Adams contract stuff is going to eventually kind of fester. 
and if Amari Rogers pans out to really be something, you guys are not going to throw that much money at Adams. See, I mean, there's so many teams that kind of sit in the same role as like the Packers where receivers are almost a dime a dozen. There's so many of them out there. They grow on trees at this point. Um, yeah, I could see, I could see Adams leaving, especially with the way like the off seasons went where he's kind of like chiming in about how him and Derek Carr would like to play together and everything. Yeah, I could see I could see Devonta leaving before Aaron. I think if Rodgers is back another year and maybe even tells Devonta, yeah, there's a good shot. I think that just like doubles the chances that Adam stays for even just like a two to three year extension. Because I think I that's all the Packers that. I think that's all the Packers will give him because he is either he's 28, 29, so his prime years is only going to be for the next three to four years tops probably. Right. So Packers aren't going to give him a, like this big five to six year, $100 million, $120 million deal. They're not going to do that. But I could see that a two to three year, $50, 60000000 million extension possibly. Okay. If Rodgers stays. I, right. No, that's, that's interesting. I, I, I lean towards your line of thinking – Seth, but Jeremy, you brought out an excellent point in a sense, because when you think about it, Rogers repeatedly uh, says money is not even close to my issue. Like that's just not going to help anything. So if he decides that he wants to stay in Green Bay, it's probably not going to be for uh, a top dollar contract. Like they're going to figure it out so he can bring in more players and repeat a Super Bowl type run. Uh, with Devante, again, like I said, with the last four years, he's been waiting for this contract. He knew he was balling out, but he knew he was going to get paid for it. He, it is about the money. That is really all it is about the money, the contract for Devontae. So that would make sense to me, especially when you think about Zedarius, Jair Alexander, possible other veterans that pop up, more free agents they want us potentially be in the market for. So, yeah, I didn't think about it like that, Jeremy, but that's a good point. Yep. All right. One more thing I want to bring up, then we'll move on so we're not here all night. Is uh, with Rodgers back, does this make the Packers the NFC favorites over the Bucks? No. Or are they still no. under them? Still. I still, I still say Bucks. A good question. That is a good question. What do the sports books say? I don't know. What do they say? I would assume they would probably say the Bucks still are the are the odds on favorite for the NFC. You, I assume the Packers are a lot closer now, like their chances jumped, but I'm guessing they're still second. You'd be kind of surprised, at least the first one that I'm looking at, says uh, by ranking top odds, it goes Bucks, 49ers, Rams, Packers. Really? 49ers and Rams? Okay. Not surprising. Let's check another one quick, just for semantics. This one goes Bucks. Rams and 49ers tied, then Packers. But I think, I don't know if any of them released after the Rodgers news. And I, I just feel like that has to make a bigger bigger deal than some of these say. I guess I would some, of these, some of these are tied for second, but they're not really higher than the Rams or 49ers in any of them. That really surprises me because... I mean, of uh, 
of how of the Packers, you know, in it last year. You know, yeah. I mean, they were uh, six points away, seven points away, whatever it was from the Super Bowl. So how yeah, do you no not kidding. put them? I mean, obviously the 49ers had all those injuries that were a huge factor. The Rams obviously getting Matt Stafford puts them way up there. But how is uh, Aaron Rodgers securing that spot? Not the top, uh, the top spot as well. I don't get that. that yeah, that doesn't. But it that's doesn't just the sports books. That's all right. Well, you don't That's like right. the sports books? You got something bad to say about the sports books? You know, the, the sports books aren't always right. That's all I had to say. What? It's it's, it's just right. like the weatherman. It's just like the weatherman. Weatherman's not always right. Except for the yeah, weatherman. The storm. Yeah, no shit. We're talking about a storm possibly rolling in in the next storm hour. Storm of the century, and we'll probably get about quarter inch of rain. We'll see how it goes. It's not going to last long, that's for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, those weathermen you speak of, though, they make their money regardless. These bookmakers kind of dependent on how they set their lines and they make a lot of money doing it. So you got to know they're taking it serious. Not that I think they're, they're more based on trying to swindle betters. I think they're trying to get people to kind of fall for the 49ers Rams thing. I wonder if they're trying to get oh, more bets on them. 100%. 100%. Especially Matt Stafford. He's the, he's the sexy guy in town. Plus, they haven't got a lot of Packers. Future MVP, Matthew Stafford. That's right. Get it right. said it first. He did say it. I'm staying on that train. You might as well. Ride it out. Ride it, till, ride it off the cliff. Hey, I, I, put it, I put it in my notes. I put it on the official document, so it's, it's staying there, too. All right. But yeah, I should I'm right. see where the, what the betting odd is on that. I'm curious, because if it's, if it's low, it might be a betting man. You might, might just go ahead and take it. I wish – I mean, we're a couple weeks ago we were going to talk about sports betting in Wisconsin gaining steam, but it doesn't seem like it's gained any steam since the initial news. Yeah. What the heck? Yet, no. I wish. That'd be great. Not even It'll in the top ten enough. it looks – not even in the top ten it looks like. Jeremy. Stafford? Right. Really? Wow. All right. The dark horse. Mahomes right. Oh, never mind. Scratch that. <laughs> Stafford number five, plus fourteen hundred. You lay a hundred bucks right now on offshore betting, you can gain fourteen hundred bucks with that very prediction you just gave. Feel good about it? I, I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> All right, let's move on. We've uh, we've touched this topic just enough, um, but yeah, it, it's a good day. It's a good day. I'm happy all around. So let's move on to something else a little bit. Um, kind of surprised by this, um, but, you know, let's just touch on it quick, and then we'll move on to the NFC East, of course, our division for the week. Uh, but Deshaun Watson attends camp for the Texans. Now, mm. I think a lot of people are surprised by this because of, all, obviously, all the allegations that are coming out, the allegations that came out about a week ago or so it was with some additional women coming forward, things like that with these lawsuits. So a lot of people surprised that he showed up. Obviously the team wants him there right now. You know, obviously he's going to show up because if he doesn't, he's going to get fined. And that was a big thing with Rogers as well. So Watson shows up. So I guess my question for you two with this is what are the chances, chances Watson is the starting quarterback for the Texans week one? 
He shows up to camp. I think they're really good. Honestly, as it sits right now, unless he actually gets like something happens, it's pretty good. You know, I do think I would say the reason he showed up is to build his trade value because it was pretty diminished from the sounds of it. See, it all comes back to the Eagles repeatedly about them three picks, you know, three first round picks. Everybody keeps on saying that the Eagles are 90% the best odds to, to get him. I think it'd be a foolish trade personally. I'm not a huge still, Watson that, fan. That, that's still the betting odds is the Eagles right now. Yep. Yep. I just really? heard it like a day or two ago. Yep. It's just because of their draft capital and they have a quote unquote need at quarterback. But uh, no, I, the thing about it is I would, the Texans are even saying that they need basically five between picks and start, starting caliber players. They need five items back just for Watson. So that's like the Eagles have to give all three of those picks, then say Derek Barnett and I don't even know, just throw him another starter. You know what I mean? Somebody that's like a fringe contract guy. Bang. Yeah. That's a lot of capital. That's a lot of capital just for a quarterback. And I, I personally don't sit here and think to myself, yeah, Watson's a lock for a top five quarterback. I don't feel that way about him. Don't get me wrong. I think he's really good. But I think Hurts has got a ton of potential, and I wouldn't make that trade. Do you think, um, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, fine. You know what, Seth, if you're going to bully me into it, I tried to interrupt you and I tried to be nice about it, but here we are, Seth. Okay. It's about time. It's about time. <laughs> Do the you, gentleman's debate. Well, I mean, number one, you got to think Texans rosters sucks. You could, you take five, just take, you know, just take five fringe starters of the Eagles and just send them over Texans away and they'll take it. They probably did. I think they said they did want three first rounders at least, though. Picks. And that yep. is definitely a tough fifth pill to swallow. But you had Sean Watson contract all the way into 2025 locked in. Top dollar ish. But for a young player who doesn't have multiple sexual assault allegations, uh, that's a good bet. You know, now, that was the one thing I heard of on the Eagles pod is before the sexual assault stuff, would you do it? I still don't think I would. I just don't think I would. You got to – the dude's tore his ACL twice. Like, he's got a ton of injury concerns. That's yeah, fair. Who, the, the, the point that I was going to bring up, who, who would give up all this draft capital for a guy who in a week could be suspended indefinitely and may never touch the field again? That's the trick. I, and, again, I – that's what my question is. Apparently, I mean, the reports are general manager Nick Casario is fielding calls day and night trying to figure out a deal for him. Now, to your question, Seth, that you asked Jeremy, does Watson suit up week one for the Texans? I'm leaning no, mainly based off of those reports. I don't know what those reports are out there to try to convince somebody into trading it for him or boosting their offer. But uh, I – tend to believe it because I don't do not think that the Texans front office, I mean, you thought the Rogers is throwing these subtle shots and really hating on good Goop, Deshaun Watson and Nick Casario were Jack used to be these mortal enemies at this point. Uh, so I definitely, I, I lean towards him finding a new home, whether that's Philadelphia, whether that's Miami, I seen him Photoshopped into a green Bay Jersey before Rogers was committed. <laughs> I see that too. 
Get out of here. I see just with this whole allegation things, and unless that gets swept away or dropped or whatever, I think he's starting in a Texans jersey or starting with nobody because nobody's yeah. going to – to me, if I was a GM for another team, I wouldn't want to touch that unless it was like a, a six-round pick. Otherwise, so, I wouldn't touch I'm that totally, with anything. I'm totally on with that, Seth. I think he either A, is playing for the Texans right away or he's not playing at all. I don't see him getting moved until this all shakes out and it doesn't look like it's going to shake out anytime soon, you know? Yeah, maybe I'm falling for reports then. I just – I wouldn't. You're right. I wouldn't if I was a team. I'd definitely if – no, if there's a possibility I, he's not going to play next year, no, absolutely not. I, and, you I, know, no, the I, one thing – go ahead, Seth. I was just going to say, Owen, I believe you that Casario is probably trying to move him right now. I mean, I would too if I was the Texans. I'd try to get him out the door as quick as possible. But other teams aren't going to bite on three first-round picks and a player and a you know a third-round pick. That's Nobody's going to do that. That's true. Nobody especially that. now, especially now before his trade value tanks when he is for sure out for the year. Now there's like everyone's kind of convincing themselves possibly he might play all year without getting an exemption, and maybe all these lawsuits get settled out of court and nothing's left except for everybody with a big question mark like, how is Deshaun Watson still playing? Do we know any? Is there any resolution? So I don't know. Again, we got pretty deep into it, probably deeper than any of us wanted to. I don't know how it works. I'm scared to talk about anything else. <laughs> Are we moving on? You know, we can. We can jump up that. That's a that's a good way to end it. It's all confusion. Right. That's all it is. It's confusion. Yeah, you're right. It is. It it's I I when he reported to camp, I was shocked. I really thought that he wouldn't see the field until all this was over for any team. Seth, from what I read on that and what I heard on all the Eagles podcasts, it's all just to trade up his trade, bring up his trade value. It's all padding it up. That's it. Um, to make him look like, you know, good soldier, show up to a mini camp. Ultimately, he's still quite possibly a pervert. Who knows? Um, and not worth a dime. You know, the dude yep. might never play in the league again. So he, yeah. the thing about it is, this is the last thing I'll say. If you're a team out there, you got to really be hesitant on this because you might be trading for something that's actually nothing. Like you could make this trade, three first round picks, and then poof, the dude's not even playing in the league anymore. You know? Yeah, absolutely. That's why I would not touch that at all. Unless well, they were willing to move for like a fifth round pick or something, a late round pick, which obviously the Texans say, would never do. Right. But that would be the only way I would do anything. I would not send over a one. I would not send over a two. I'd maybe do a three. Um, and that's me saying that as the Eagles right now with just Hurts. I would bet on Hurts before I bet on that trade, though. Like, I would bet on Hurts being a superstar before I'd bet on that guy playing in the league ever again. That's my personal, like, my personal reasoning on that. And I just don't want to see that draft capital given up for – it's it's beyond the stuff off the field the dude's injury prone like he really really is yeah it's true it's true yeah it's too bad too because two years ago or even last year he was one of the best quarterbacks in the league with one of the best reputations in the league he was building yeah. homes for single mothers i mean this yeah. guy has really had quite the fall from grace like tarnished reputation injury prone everything it's like and he's still only like 25 you know he's a young dude too yep all right, let's move on. You're right. It's it's time to move on. Um, 
NFC East breakdown here. Out of respect for the NFC beast. You're right. My bad. Not the NFC least, but the NFC beast. My bad. Formerly known as both. Formerly known as both. Uh, I can remember the early to late 2000s where the Eagles were always being known as the leader of the NFC beast. And then the last couple of years, we have been the NFC least. And uh, yeah, even going back to the chip days, there's been some really good and really bad divisions there. It's one way or the other, it seems like. And next year might not be any different than what it was last year, for the most part. But let, let's, let's go through it. Let's go through it. Let's, let's break these teams down. Let's run through the teams fairly quickly because I'm sure we'll spend most of our time on the Eagles. Let's just be real here. Nothing um, wrong with that. So let's run through these other three teams as quick as we can. Let's start with the Giants. We'll start with the Giants right now. Um, obviously made some big splashes this offseason, signing Kenny Galladay, signing Owens, one of Owens' favorite players off the Titans. Is he going to play? I, I guess we'll see week one. I don't know. Training camp, is he on the injury list? Do we know? Maybe. I guess we'll see. Owen, Owen's going to research I think he was, right? seen in a, he was seen in a walking boot, I think, if I heard right. Uh, but, yes, <laughs> Kenny Galladay, obviously that big addition likely. for Daniel Jones. Um, they go in, they draft Kadarius Tony as well, and then they get Aziz Ojulari too. Um, but Kadarius you know, Tony, the I'll mention, I'll mention a couple of real under-the-radar moves too. They got John Ross, formerly known as the fastest man in, in the NFL. They brought in Kelvin Benjamin as kind of a Tim Tebow-esque, you know, tight end. A little thing. project there. And then they – yep, they brought in Kyle Rudolph, formerly used to be always compared to my main man, Zach Ertz, which is not comparable. Oh, and you know what I'm talking about. And then Corey Clement. Uh, yeah. Prior hey, Eagle. Wisconsin boy. Yep. And then Watch they him got score a touchdown Logan. on Cam Brandle. He's great. Yep. I mean, yeah. some of these guys, like some of these guys, have a place. They definitely do. Kenny Galladay is the big one, obviously. But um, one of these two tight ends is probably going to be getting a lot of snaps because Evan Ingram just sucks for how talented he is. <laughs> and Corey, Corey's going to get a lot of snaps as like a third down back. But uh, no, they got a lot of different. I mean, they're really building it up for Daniel Jones to be. You know, it's either you're the dude or you're not the dude. Um, I like Daniel Jones, which is crazy enough to say about a rival NFL quarterback. But uh, it's going to be weird to see. Um, that defense, though, they didn't really add a ton on it. But they didn't really need to. That defense is still pretty dang good. Yeah, the only big loss that I kind of saw and noticed going through was uh, they lost Delvin Tomlinson on the middle of the line. Yep. Big loss, uh, figuratively and literally. Um, but Big man. Yeah, big, big guy. Um but they still have a lot of pieces on that defense uh, to kind of supplement that. So I guess my question for the both of you, Jeremy, you already touched on it a little bit, was with these pieces added to the offense, Saquon Barkley, hopefully coming back healthy for them. Can Daniel Jones step up as the franchise quarterback, be their guy? Because it seems like that's the one missing piece for this team almost is the quarterback. The defense for the most part is there. They do have weapons on that offense. Now the big question is, Daniel Jones, whether he can be that first-round pick. Can he do it? Based off of that, uh, no, I don't think so. If I had to say so, I, yeah, I would say no. It, but you're right. I mean, I think 
if you just want to look at the everything they've done in the offseason, it's all been beneficial. Like they've taken some chances for sure, but there's some big high risk reward guys like Kenny Holiday is a baller. We just talked about him. You guys talked about all the rest of them. Saquon coming back might as well be a free agent addition because he only got yeah. one good his rookie year and he was a stud, obviously. But he was being dragged down by the fact that there was no one else on the offense doing anything. So um everything has been beneficial. I think especially Joe Judge and that coaching staff has been talked about a lot. Uh, Sean McVay just a couple of weeks ago on his podcast was talking about the Giants are going to be a top five team in the NFC for years to come and coming soon. That's what he said. That's what he said. All respect. He's, the the mouth. he's, the, he's the kid wonder, the wonderkind. Um, and in a sense, I can, I can go along with that. But because everything is staked on Daniel Jones, I don't see it. I haven't seen it yet. He's, he's had a couple of good games where he's running for his life and just kind of made some plays happen. But I don't think he's a consistent – there's no consistency yet. Now, you could say you know, that last year he didn't have Saquon all year. That's obviously huge. And he didn't have weapons as well as he does now. So this is his best chance to correct all that. But I still haven't seen it. Oh, and I'm going to kind of piggyback right off that. Because I don't think it's so much a Daniel Jones talent thing. And I don't so much think it's a Daniel Jones weapon thing. I think it's all up here in the head and that offensive line. Because that offensive line is not very good. It hasn't really been since he's been there. And Daniel Jones is like – I mean, he's as physically gifted as any quarterback. Drafted recently. Like, that guy's got a lot of talent. I mean, he's got a pretty damn good, damn good arm. It's not that he's known for being super inconsistent or in- inaccurate. And, I mean, we all seen it. He burnt the Eagles on what should have been like a 90-yard touchdown run. The dude's fast. Like, he's actually physically capable of doing things like that. It's just going to come down to if, if, if he can keep his eyes downfield with pressure in his face. Because uh, that, uh, that Giants offensive line has got, like, a name on it, and it's like Will Hernandez. That's it. Yeah. They, I think they lost, they've lost a couple pieces over the last couple of years for that offensive line that has slowly made it worse. So that would be another big question mark. But, yeah, I mean, Daniel Jones, this is kind of the year for him. This is year three, correct? Yep, yes. correct. Yeah, so, I mean, year three, you figure you go into the offseason of year three to year four, and that's usually where teams decide if they're going to use that fifth-year option on the quarterback or not, especially first-round pick quarterback. So if you if you want to be with the team for another year or you know beyond year four – this is the year to do it. I mean, you got all those pieces. It's kind of, it comes down to that. And I think the success of this team comes down to how well Daniel Jones plays. Absolutely. Absolutely. It, it's, it's all on him and Joe judge. I think Joe judge personally, and maybe it's just the comments he made about the Eagles after the Eagles gave up the game. I think that guy's an idiot, but Daniel Jones, um, he's kind of like Sam Darnold. I'll be more of a fan when he moves out of the team. I mean, maybe in a year time, he might end up being in Atlanta. He might follow Sam Darnold South. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's not any physical, you know, ailments. It's not any talent ailment, ailments around him. I mean, just looking at it, Kenny Galladay is a great number one receiver. Sterling Shepard and Darius Tony are both real good slot guys. I mean, Evan Ingram's as athletic as it comes at tight end. He just – it's kind of a head case. And then Gotta Kyle stay healthy Rudolph as well. is pretty good back. Yeah. And, I mean, Saquon, as far as talking about physically gifted running backs that can do anything, that's as good as you're going to get in the league as long as he can stay. 
This is the one thing I'm going to say about the NFC East real quick. As we're rolling through this, every single team, we're going to be able to make a comment about if this guy can stay healthy, like a significant player on each roster. Because as I made my top five A and B, I have four stars next to these guys because they all missed time last year. Yeah. Yeah, it's just going to be like that the whole the whole NFC East. Yep, no, I agree. All right, anything else to touch on them or we'll move on? Um, Giants suck. Not too, yeah, not too faithful that they'll be at the top in the playoffs, but uh, Saquon coming back is always exciting for the fantasy, the fantasy peeps out there. So we'll hope, we'll hope. Fantasy-wise, sure. Yeah, 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 of course. Hope, of course. hope DJ's good. Don't see it yet. But all yeah. eyes are going to be on Absolutely. All right. Let's move on to the Dallas Cowboys, Jeremy's favorite team of all time, as we know. Um, it's funny. So, it's funny. I, I thought it was a good joke. Good joke. Um, so they added a few pieces in the in the offseason, nothing big. I think the biggest moves they made were in the draft. Uh, but they brought they in – They just over- signed Malik, uh, Malik Hooker. They actually – That's true. It's all, but done, That's true. it's all but a done deal. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, that was uh that's one that I missed, which which isn't bad. They'll piece him with Keanu Neal, I assume, who they brought over from Atlanta because they Keanu lost. Keanu Neal's supposed to be playing linebacker. Really? They're moving him down. Yep. Correct. All right. a more natural fit. It yep. might be, yeah. But they lost Xavier Woods, so I was gonna mention that there, but maybe Malik Cooker will replace that one. Um, but they also brought in Ty Niseki, I believe is his last name. Uh you got it right. Journeyman, uh, journeyman offensive lineman from the Bills and a few other teams, but they brought him over. Um, obviously, in the draft, they've drafted Micah Parson, uh, rated as one of the best defenders in the draft this year, can do a little bit of everything. They also brought in Kelvin Joseph and another guy that I liked later in the draft, Jabril Cox, linebacker out of LSU too. Big playmaker there, but had some issues at the end um, that kind of caused him to drop a little bit. Um, unfortunately they lost the, uh, the red rifle, um, to the bears. <laughs> so, uh, it's all on Dak this year. We'll see how that works out. Um, but that brings me to my point. So obviously they were going to break records last year with that offense, with how well they were doing all these numbers, they were putting up scoring just left and right. Dak gets hurt. Andy Dalton comes in that offense obviously sputtered for a little bit did a little bit yeah i mean there's moments where they looked okay but Dak comes back he's going to be healthy i assume 100 does that offense go back to what it was before when Dak was healthy last year and you get some other additions or how will this offense look does it turn back to going to be scoring you know 30 40 points a game 5,000 yards, things like that, or or what would this offense look like? Oh, and you want to go first? No. So, Seth, I'll say this. As long as they've got all those receiving threats, I mean, they've probably got the best trio of receivers in the NFL. CD, Gallup, and Cooper. Like, that's hard to find a better trio. Like, any of those three guys could probably be a one or a two anywhere else in the league. Um, Zeke – Heads up, won't show up on my top five A and B. Um, is a threat regardless just because of what he's been in the past. Um, you got Pollard behind him, who's a really good number two utility back. Um, 
And then as long, Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, as long as these guys get just some healthy games in, Dale Collins, you know, as long as these guys can play the whole season, yeah, they're going to put up some points. Now, to follow that up, Dak has a latissimus strain. I don't even know how to say that. He's already hurt this offseason. Um, I'm kind of curious how this guy is going to hold up because he doesn't seem like he's going to have the longevity. Now, I could eat that in a, you know, a couple of years. But it's all going to come down to health for these guys because there's so much talent on that offense. Um there's just too many people to throw to to cover. It's that's that's a hard offense to cover. That's why, for instance, the Eagles just brought in, you know, Steven Nelson. That's why these teams have put all of the emphasis on the Washington with the pass rushers, the Eagles, with the pass rushers. Now it's a secondary everywhere. Like you've got to have a rotation of seven, eight guys on the defensive line and two solid corners, or you're just going to get torched by Dallas. Like it's, and now shoot, you got, the Giants loading up like that. The Giants got three, three, four receivers like this. So I don't think they're going to be, I don't think they could do it all year. Break. I mean, now timeout with it being 17 games. Yeah. It'll be historic numbers just because there's an extra game, but I don't see them just coming out and being like this next generation offense just because of injuries and Zeke not being who he once was, but they're going to be dangerous for sure. hundred percent. As long as Dak is back there, like you just mentioned, I guess he's hurt now. I didn't realize that. But if he's healthy, that's going to be a dangerous team, dangerous offense. Yep. Now, I guess, Owen, we can come back to you on this as well. But my next question to think about is, does this defense improve at all, too? Like, that was the big flaw last year. Um, you know, the defense was one of the worst in the league. And they didn't add a whole lot of pieces. I mean, through the draft they did, but those guys are going to be rookies. So how does this defense improve? I think there's reason to be optimistic. Um, going into last season, their defense was, you know, a plus side. You know, they had a lot of places in good spots. There was a new coaching staff, and obviously the uh, <clears throat> the emphasis was on Dak and, and that new look offense and how Mike McCarthy would come in in his first year. But they had guys like Demarcus Lawrence, Leighton Vander Esch, Jalen Smith, all, all three of their star highest-paid players all struck out last season, whether they got hurt or they just kind of sucked. Everyone was stagnant. And I don't know if that's a defense issue or if it's the players themselves. Um, and then you look at Trayvon Diggs, who through the first three weeks looked like their only good or their only bright spot on defense. And then he has a season ending injury, but he's coming back again. When you have an injury like that, you have to look at it as like an acquisition because they just didn't have that at the end of the year when you remember him the most. So Trayvon Diggs, good, good player. Hopefully he comes back, bounces back from a big injury. Micah Parsons, no reason to believe he won't slot right in into the NFL and play big time minutes, make big time plays, maybe not be a pro bowler in year one, but uh, be a high quality starter in a team who desperately needs a uh, sideline to sideline guy that they were missing in Vander Esch and Jalen Smith again, who they wasted all that money on and didn't see progress on either. Uh, but then again, I have, I have faith in DeMarcus Lawrence too. I still think he's one of the top pass rushers in the league, top 10 ish. Um, so, n- number one, no, I don't think 
they'll come out firing right away. I want to make sure that I'm optimistic. As a Cowboys hater, of course, but as an unbiased football analyst, is that what we call ourselves? Yes, 100%. Absolutely. I'd be optimistic that they'll do – if they just show up week one, they'll be better than they were all last year. Everything was a negative last year. Playing Dak Prescott having to score 50 points just to win a game and also sometimes lose can't happen. No, you're right. The odds that their defense is as bad as it was last year is pretty low. I mean, it's bound to be better. Just like how good the Packers' offense was last year, especially in the gold zone, as we want to call it, not going to be as good this year as it was last year just because it was historically great. Now, the Cowboys' defense wasn't historically bad last year, but it was pretty bad. So the odds that it's like that again is pretty low. Obviously, it could still happen, but – you think there would be some progression with that defense. So as long as, to me, as long as uh, Dak is healthy, I think they're a threat for this division. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to chime in. I'm going to cut you guys off right there. So the one play that always comes to my mind about the Cowboys defense is when they're playing the Browns, Odell's still have healthy, and he gets a reverse around the back end, and Jalen Smith is caught jogging. And if he would have been running the whole time full full clip, probably would have caught him. Now, it would have been a gain, but it probably only would have been like a 5- to 15-yard gain. But instead, because he's jogging, he goes for a touchdown. But he takes off at the end to try to catch him and then ends up pushing him out into the end zone or whatever. And I think that more than anything was the issue with the Cowboys last year is – I don't know if it's Mike McCarthy or if it's the defensive coordinator or what. I think they ended up firing their defensive coordinator last year. But – the effort wasn't there on that defense. Not at all. Like you could, it was noticeable when Dallas's D was not playing. Um, And now to that point, now here you have this four headed thing. You got your first round pick is Micah Parsons. Who's you think slotted in as your top linebacker right away. Then you got Leighton Vander Esch. Who's always hurt. Jalen Smith came in hurt and seems to be a head case might be a bit strong, but doesn't play up to par like he should. Then you brought in Keanu Neal to be the starter, which I think Gus Bradley is the new DC there, if I remember right. Because I think that's why Keanu Neal. Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn. There it is. Dan Quinn. That's why Keanu Neal ended up there. And then Seth, like you named Jabril Cox. Like there's a lot of guys there at linebacker. So, I mean, there's talent on that defense. Now it's just making them play. Um, I would be, I'd be surprised if by the end of the year, both Jalen Smith and Leighton Evanderish is there. I'd be very, very surprised. Vanderish is he's more of like an early 2000s thumper linebacker, but he's got a little bit of pass coverage. Jalen Smith is the exact skill set you want anymore. Like he can be that sideline to sideline guy, like you said, Owen. Micah Parsons, I think, adds a little bit more ability in pass rush and pass, you know, coverage. Yep. But Jalen yep. Smith has got all the talent in the world to do all that, but he just doesn't show it on the field all the time. So I mean, I would imagine the season ends with Jalen Smith gone. I would think that guy gets flipped somehow. And your starters are probably going to be Micah Parsons and Leighton Vanderish. And then you're going to see a lot of Keanu Neal. Yeah, I think you'll see a lot of him. Um, But that was a big part of it. And I mean, even Demarcus Lawrence, like that dude should every year have 10 plus sacks. Like he's a freak. But last year he was kind of underwhelming, you know. And they don't have a ton for D tackles. They really don't. And then you still got Randy, Randy Gregory. But that's the other thing about this is Dallas is known like this, like Cincinnati used to be known for this. 
they bring in a lot of guys with like kind of head cases. You know what I mean? Like they're they're always bringing in these dudes that kind of got drama off the field. That was Randy Gregory. That was Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, the other DN that was from Carolina back in the days that did MMA. Um, there's always guys that seem to have this stuff off the field. They've cleaned it up a little bit more. I mean, they've been doing a lot better job of it recently, but Dallas has got a lot of talent. Like, and they're the one, as I was kind of putting my list together, they've probably got the most A talent. Now it's just, you know, McCarthy and everybody locking it together. Um, I did hear Jerry Jones in one of his press conferences making kind of an interesting comment. Um, it wasn't so much about McCarthy, but he was talking about when he used to have from Miami, I just forgot his name. Owen oh, Seth, help me out here. The old coach back in the 90s. Holmgren? Oh, no. Who are nope, we talking about? Dallas? Dallas. Oh, um, on, um, Parcells? What? No. Not Parcells. Early I know he's uh, uh, um, Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy, oh, yeah. sorry. So, my bad. Yeah, I was, no, I was spacing nope, out. Yeah, you're good. Yeah, yeah. So Jerry made the comment that he wasn't going to run another coach out like that. It's kind of how it was phrased because he basically took the blame in this press conference about a week ago for Jimmy being ran out. And he made the comment that he wouldn't do that again. Now, whether he was saying that about McCarthy or not, because McCarthy kind of looked like he lost the locker room about halfway through the season last year, a little bit after Dak got hurt. Now, if he's yeah. saying that about Mike McCarthy or just the next coach in general, who knows? I mean, Mike McCarthy, he's known for being an offensive guy, but he's also not known for being some sort of offensive, you know, savant. You know, he's he had Aaron Rodgers for all those years, you know. Yeah. Dak Prescott is not Aaron Rodgers. Now, they got a lot more weapons than Aaron Rodgers ever had in Green Bay. That's for sure. It, yeah, you could argue that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Mike McCarthy. Yeah. He wasn't an offensive mind. He was more of just like that, <clears throat> that perfect head coaching style, which is just not what the Packers needed there towards the last nope. three, four years of his career uh, down there. But it's something that Cowboys kind of did need. Jason Garrett, like, I don't know if he was really running the offense towards the end, which was his specialty. And he really wasn't that get creative a head coach. Um, so now you you pair Kellen Moore with a with a head coach like McCarthy. And I think it was towards the end of the season, I think he was starting to gain ground back. And it really all – he just started smashing watermelons in front of the locker room. And for some reason, he just showed a little more character, probably got a little more comfortable. Um, we'll see. I cannot – I just I expressed this pre-pod, PP. Uh, I cannot wait for hard knocks. Because that dude, I know Mike McCarthy is going to absolutely hate it. If it was ever up to him, he would say no 100 times out of 100. But Jerry Jones is so far like, give me the cameras. Cowboys are going to be good this year. I want everyone to know it. And I cannot wait to see McCarthy show a little bit of character in there and how he does with the locker room. I think that will show a lot. You see the aviators? Hollywood Mike McCarthy. With the beard? He looked like I know. Hulk Hogan when he came out for the NWO. Like It was, it was great. Not quite as built, I assume. Uh, well, in a different a way. A different build. A different build. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, shall we move on then? Yeah, I think – what the shitty cowgirls. I think Dak Prescott's the best quarterback in the uh, the division, and I don't think that's a stretch. But Unquestioned uh, yeah. right now. Unquestioned right now. Now – Right now. It'll Owen, be, right now. Yeah. It, it, that's well, the thing. Here's the deal. We don't – who knows what's going to happen in Washington – I mean, right. I wouldn't bet on, I mean, longevity for Ryan Fitzpatrick, but uh, Hertz, I, 
I got a feeling about Hurts. I really, really do. I think that guy's going to be something special. And Dak's health is kind of in question. But right now, yeah, it's it's basically Dak and a bunch of other guys. So if his injuries, you know, close. depending on the other teams and depending on Dak's injuries, yeah. I think it, it's the easy answer is to say Dak Prescott's going to run away with stats-wise and just look. And uh, just based on that output, I think that the Cowboys are definitely going to be contending for the title, like or for the division title. Uh, just based yeah. off quarterback play and uh, the rest of the team it's there's a lot of impetus on them like cd lamb's development that dude looks like a stud i think he'll be the best receiver on the team you know part way through the season for uh, sure and then if that defense just shows a little bit of improvement maybe micah parsons and trayvon diggs kind of take over that defense leadership demarcus lawrence kind of comes back to just 10 sacks a year like you said come back to form yeah. Yeah, had six and a half last year. Um, and maybe just a little bit from either Van Der Escher Smith, but you said you got Keanu Neal and Jabril Cox right there just to, to plug in play. So uh, there's optimism, I think. And I don't really see that with the Giants like we talked about, and we'll talk about the other teams, but I like the Cowboys team. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I think they have the potential to win the division. Uh, it depend, To me, it depends on how well that offense plays because – I still don't have a lot of faith in that defense, but I guess we'll see. Let's move on to Washington because, like I said, we'll save the Eagles for last, save the best for last. Right, Jeremy? I'm down for that. All right, let's move on to the Washington football team. We still don't have a name yet, uh, but I assume we'll get one soon. Uh, but they're still the they football released, team. Uh, they released a short list of team names, by the way, recently. Did they? I think one of them was the Red Wolves. Yeah, I heard Red it. Wolves Red Wolves. Like. Everything was based around the color red, though. Like, they were trying to keep their color scheme. And, I mean, I get it. You know, you want to kind of stay with the the burgundy and gold or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what finally comes. I, I kind of just like the, you know, the ominous, almost like just the football team. <laughs> I like it. You know, it, it, you know if, they, if they just keep this around long enough, people want it to stay that way. So I'm already on that camp. Yeah. All right. Um, so let's go over this team. So obviously they won the division last year, um, but didn't make a lot of big moves this off season. Obviously the biggest one is, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick Fitzmagic. As we that's like to call That's the biggest him. Seth. That's the biggest to me. W- what else? <laughs> you're a, you're a Fitzpatrick lover. How about Curtis Samuel? I mean, yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. I mean, they they brought him, Ron Vera brought him over from Carolina. That was a big one too. But you know, Fitzmagic is the is the quarterback. You know, biggest position on the field, right, Jeremy? That's my that's my quarterback. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's your guy, Seth. That's your guy. They also brought in uh, William Jackson and uh, Adam Humphreys, another receiver, a uh, little white guy. Um, in the draft, they drafted Jameen Davis, linebacker out of Kentucky. Samuel Cosme, offensive lineman, tackle, I believe, out of Texas. Benjamin St. Juiced, who I was a big fan of. I was hoping the Packers would get him, but they got Eric Stokes. He's a guy out of Minnesota. And then De'Ami Brown as well. So made some uh, some good draft picks. Um, Made some some good moves, I think, to help the team. Didn't really lose a lot of big-name players. Biggest name, uh, Jeremy wouldn't agree, but probably Ronald Darby. Nice connection there. Uh, but otherwise than that, not a lot of big losses. Obviously, the change at quarterback is the biggest thing. Um, but 
but that's where I'll lead off with this is what can Fitzpatrick do for this offense? Is he going to be able to step division. up? You think so? Yeah. I, you know, I'm just going to, I'm going to take over for you real set, quick set. I think this is the best built team in the division because, especially because of age, um, their talent is all so dang young. Um, it's too bad Fitzpatrick isn't like 30 or 27, you know, because it would be fun to watch him play on a team like this. Um, the thing about Fitzpatrick, though, is you could one week have him throw for five touchdowns and 500 yards and then follow it up with 150 yards and five picks. You know what I mean? Like, that's just how he rolls. That's true. And that'll be interesting. That to, that'll be interesting to watch with him in Washington. But he's also got the type of defense there that can get him the ball back. I mean, that defensive line is like six guys deep and they're all freaks, you know. Um, Curtis Samuel, Scary Terry McLaurin. Um, McLaurin is, I mean, one of the best players in this division. That might be a early little one there. Jeez. But uh, geez. And then, I mean, Antonio Gibson, he's another one. I mean, that's a good running back. If he can stay healthy all year, they got a guy there. I mean, the offensive line's not super deep all the way across. I mean, they got uh, Brandon Sheriff, who's one of the best guards in the league. Guard tackle, he played a little bit of bowl. Um, you got, and then the defense is just loaded, like totally loaded from top to bottom. Um, like I said, that defensive line, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne, uh, Chase Young, and you know, Montez Sweat. Chase Young might be the third best guy on this defensive line, and he's a freak of nature. You know what I mean? Like he's just an absolute nightmare, and he might be the third best guy on the team on the defense of line like that. And then you got uh, Landon Collins in the back end. I mean, there's guys all over that defense. You know, and that's the best part about it is they're so dang young. And then at coach, I mean, you still got, you know, Riverboat Ron. Like, this is a very well built team, which is funny because it's, you know, with the last couple of years, they were looked at to be one of the poorest organizations in sports. And then now they're kind of really, Ron Rivera, what, you couldn't have asked for a better coach to come in there and kind of guide him through all this crap. Now, with his health issues and everything like that, you wonder if that will become an issue at all, you know, because he's, he's, fighting through cancer. I don't know if he actually beat it or whatever yet, but no, I think honestly, this team's like a quarterback away. Um, and if you can get good for Fitzpatrick all year long, like if you can get two years ago, Miami Fitzpatrick, they're going to run away at the division. I don't think it's, I don't think it's close. Now you could see a change of head at quarterback between him and Taylor Heineke, you know, in week seven to 10, you don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, absolutely. It, Fitzpatrick can be a Jekyll and Hyde kind of quarterback. Like you said, he could throw five touchdowns, 500 yards one week, and the next week throw three to four picks. So you don't know what you're going to get out of that. Plus he's older. So obviously he's not the quarterback of the future. He's there as a bridge gap, one to two year guy, and maybe not even a full season. Like you said, Heineke could step in if Fitzpatrick struggles in the first couple of weeks. And what's crazy about that stuff is they didn't, they didn't draft any quarterbacks. Yeah. No, it's, it's kind of all on those two guys, really, pretty much. Yeah. That's what's kind of nutty to me. It's like, hey, you don't have a guy in place for the future unless you really think it's Heineke. And then you don't have really a guy in place for the full season unless it's Fitzpatrick that you're really rolling with. So they're, they're in an interesting situation here because the rest of the team is solid. Hell. Yeah. Oh, 100%. That defense is one of the best, at least last year, played as one of the best defenses in the league. And most likely, well, again, because of all the things that you mentioned with that freak defensive line, they have a pretty good um, secondary as well. So 
it's really on the quarterback kind of like to me, similar to the giants. I think the Washington is uh, a bit of a better team, more complete, but a lot of question marks on the quarterback and that's really it. Agreed. Yeah. Best team about them. Best thing about that team is how young it is too. They're yes. so young. Yep. That, that's uh, the scariest team in the whole East for me as an Eagles fan is the, the, the football team. Do you think in, in the head on like, in Eagles versus Washington games, like are you talking divisional games or to win the division? So when I when I make that comment that they're the scariest, I mean like moving forward for like the next five years because of all the talent. Um, but just in general, this year, like this year, that's a team that can give you fits. Now that last game of the season for for the Eagles, if Hurts stays in the whole game, we win it. Like it is what it is. I think. When we get to the Eagles, I'll explain kind of my take on them. But Washington, just the youth and how well they've drafted and picked guys up in the offseason, like Curtis Samuel type guys, these guys are all like high-level players. You know what I mean? And if, if they can keep that roster intact, and then if they go get a quarterback on top of it, I mean, you're looking at probably the best team in the NFC, not just the East, just in the NFC. And as, as bad as the NFC East has been lately, like that's a cakewalk to the playoffs, you know? Yeah. It's a good team. It is. It is. Owen, what do you think? Yeah, I, they, that's really all there is to say about them. It's 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 all dependent on Fitz Magic, which isn't going to be consistent. We know that. Consistently inconsistent. And you know, Heineke is going to get some games where he starts over him. Uh, whether that's a good idea or a bad idea, it will be up to up to them to decide. Maybe they try and trade for a different quarterback. Maybe Teddy Bridgewater is available. Maybe they want to go for Andy Dalton once Justin Fields. Maybe they want to go for Deshaun Watson. Maybe they have. They probably can't, but maybe. I mean, that bit. You know, that'd be an interesting. Can you that'd imagine? Be a mess. That'd be a mess. Rivera. I don't think Ron Rivera would do that. He's trying to get that culture out of there. I don't. He's trying to get that culture out of there. You're right. Definitely. That's true. But I think. Ron Rivera setting a certain culture and bringing Watson in would just totally offset that. No, I, I totally agree with you. And I don't mean to compare Watson to Newton. Cam Newton, I mean, he had a little bit of stupid stuff when he was at Florida, you know, but he, after that at Auburn, he was kind of a straight, straight arrow. But uh, when he brought in Cam, that was a big personality guy, you know, and you kind of have to, you kind of got to direct that. And Ron Rivera did a really good job with all the people he had in, Carolina and I mean he had that defensive end that ended up in Dallas I can't think of the guy's name right now he fought in the MMA and then Steve Smith he had a lot of big personalities there that he did Hardy. now Greg Hardy there it is bang now he didn't deal with any off the field stuff with any of those guys but I think if there is a coach that could make that right Seth I think it would be Ron Rivera now it's it's all upon does Ron Rivera even have, want to deal with that you know what I mean that's true absolutely yeah I mean, because Watson obviously has the talent to be and has shown to be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. Like we mentioned earlier, it's all this off-field, this off-the-field stuff right now that's holding him back. Goddamn nightmare if Deshaun Watson ended up in Washington. That would be a nightmare as an Eagles fan. Because then, I mean, they're they're stacked all the way through. You know what I mean? And then Gibson, Scary Terry, you know, Curtis Samuel, Curtis Samuels and uh, Terry McClellan. That's actually kind of a cool combo to see there. Those guys go all the way back to high school together, if I remember right. Ohio State, high school, everything. And then now in the pros. Yep. All right. Let's move on to the 
last but not least, the Philadelphia Eagles. Jeremy, would you like me to intro this, or you just want to take over? No, go ahead. Go ahead, Seth. All right. Let's hear it. All right. Uh, I'll, do, I'll do my thing here. So the Eagles uh, fighting for, for the division last year for a little bit, uh, even with all the quarterback controversy. But they did go in and make some additions to especially that defense, brought in Anthony Harris. Brought in Joe Flacco, Super Bowl winning quarterback. They dump one, but they bring in another. Uh, they bring in Eric Wilson as well. Am I missing anybody? Oh, sorry, Stephen Nelson. I can't forget. Can't forget. I'll Steven take Nelson. over. I'll take over for you. I got gotcha. you. So, you. I'll start with the defense, like you went to. So, my favorite two signings is Stephen Nelson's and Anthony. Uh, God, I'm doing bad with names right now. Anthony Harris. Anthony Harris. Yep. Combined, those guys are like $9 million on the cap next year. They both are on one-year contracts. Both of them, I mean, could be stars, total stars in Philly. I mean, high-level players. Two years ago, Anthony Harris was rated the second-best safety in the league. Yeah, you know I mean? And then Steven Nelson, very – I mean, a solid-ass starter for a corner. Eric Wilson is another guy we leached off Minnesota, one of the best pass coverage linebackers in the NFL the last couple of years, filled in really, really well for Eric Kendricks. I mean, literally, if you can start in Minnesota, you're going to be the best linebacker on our roster. Simple as that. Um, on top of that, Darius Slay again. Getting him a little bit of help is going to be huge. Rodney McLeod coming back healthy is going to be huge. We lost Jalen Mills, but we ultimately upgraded. And then Kerrigan. Brian Kerrigan's like Chris Long 2.0 now. Um, that's, yep. a, that's, like a, that's an under-the-radar but huge move, in my opinion, because it keeps us about six, seven deep all over again. And then we did address the defensive line in the draft, too. The guy from Louisiana Tech, and I always forget his name, Milton something. Um, super, super twitchy guy for a big guy. Um, Milton Williams. And then Javon Hart. There it is, Milton Williams. And then you got Javon Hargrave coming back. The thing about Javon Hargrave, and I heard this on a podcast a while back, when you got the big guys like that, because Javon Hargrave missed basically the whole offseason last year for us. When you got big guys that missed – big amounts of time coming into the season, they usually start slow, which is exactly what Javon Hargrave did. And then by the end of the season, he was like actually doing more than Fletch. And I think he's going to be super dangerous this year. I, I have a glimmer of hope that the Eagles are going to win the division led by this defense, big time led by this defense, because as I look at it right now, we actually look pretty solid across the board. And as much as, Howie's got some serious hate recently. That guy's had a pretty good offseason. Now it's all got to pan out, but this offseason kind of reminds me of the Super Bowl offseason, other than the fact that it's kind of like I think it would have been Wentz's you hear that, Nolan? third Is year. Is he saying they're going to the Super Bowl? He said there's similarities to the season that they won the Super Bowl. The offseason leading up to it. Yes, there really is. So we brought in Chris Long. We brought in some linebackers. We brought in some secondary guys. And it just gelled. We had a not a rookie head coach. We had a two-year, two or three-year head coach. We had a two or three-year uh, quarterback. Not a rookie, not a second-year quarterback. But it's got similarities. Now, if we can get these flashes. And then the other thing, just to add to this whole thing, everybody got to stay healthy. I mean, Lane missed time. Brandon Brooks missed time. Jason Kelsey played the whole year. But he's he's older now. Um I mean, there's a lot of stuff that, I mean, like I said, Rodney here, McLeod missed time. There's a lot of staying healthy that's got to go on here. Now, the one big question mark yet is like, hey, yeah, we drafted Devonta Smith, but what the hell are we throwing the ball to outside of that? Um, 
I think Jalen Rager, with all the pressure off of him, you know, actually, I'm going to tell you guys something real crazy real fast. I, I wonder if I still got the picture. There was a stat that came out, and it was Jalen Rager compared to Justin Jefferson, okay? My boy, Justin Jefferson. And it was against top five passing defenses, okay? They both played top five passing defenses. I want to say it was either four or five times last year. And guess who had better stats when they were playing those defenses? You guessed the right one, Jalen Rager. Who would have thought? Who would have ever thought that, right? Now, if I could just dig this up. Oh, and I've seen that. I was like, that's significant considering just how freaking bad Carson played last year. Like, Carson was a dumpster fire. Now, like I just said, I think that if we win the division, it'll be totally led by the defense. The one thing I'll add to this, and I'm kind of making my way to it, the other guy that I haven't mentioned yet is Dallas Goddard and Miles Sanders, Ertz being back. It all rides on the shoulders of Jalen Hurts and then uh, Nick Sirianni. Like, that's going to be huge. If Sirianni is this great coach that we're hoping he is, that'll be big. If Hurts, man, if we could get Dak Prescott level, like young Dak level stuff out of Hurts, we're going to be hard to beat. And, I mean, what Hurts did against – what he did against Arizona last year, like if – not just anybody does that. You know, I've heard a lot of numbers that they've been thrown out there about rushing, passing yards, touchdowns, you know, and then turnover ratios. Hertz is number number like two or three all time compared to guys like Aaron Rodgers, Steve Young, like these big time guys. And I mean, Hertz in like a very, very, very small sample size has looked good. Now, the one thing I'll say about Hertz, guys won on every level. Like he's won on every level. Um, now, where I think he gels with Sirianni is if Sirianni just brings a little bit of stuff from Indy, that they, uh, that offense is going to be real dangerous. Yeah. No. I mean, you 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 thrown a lot out there, Jeremy. Um, but I got one question for you. Zach Ertz seems like he's going to be staying with the Eagles, correct? The way I read that today, GM – Harry Roseman says uh, he expects Ertz to be on the roster week one. So is he staying after all this? So I've seen a press conference with uh, Howie, and Howie made the comment that they're not moving on from Ertz. Gotcha. They're not moving yeah. on from him at all. Yeah, that's what I. Yeah, he said there. The report was, or the quote I just read is like, "We expect fully expect him to be on the roster week one." Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. So I go ahead. Him and Goddard gonna go at it again. One two punch. Line? I think Goddard. I think Goddard's for sure the one. Um, but yeah, I think with the young quarterback and that type of offense, I think you definitely roll with uh, as much as like twelve personnel stuff as possible. Gotcha. Okay. That'll just that'll just help Sanders too. You know, coming out coming out of the fucking backfield and stuff like that. That'll really help. Owen, you have anything to say about the Eagles? Jeremy has it covered. I mean, he basically he might as well just covered this whole division for us. He's got the insight. He's got the he does. He's got a, I, I don't know how I don't know how hundred percent non biased it is, but definitely has it covered. Fair, Seth. You have a great point there. One hundred percent, it's biased. <laughs> when it comes to my Eagles, I am as biased as it gets. I'll be totally honest with you. I am as biased as it gets. But uh, I follow the NFC East pretty thoroughly. Um, Obviously, you got to when you're a fan of one of the teams in there. But uh, I think it's going to be an interesting year for the NFC East. I think if 
I really hope everybody stays healthy. You never want to see anybody get hurt. And then as a, as a competitor, as a fan of the competitor, you want to see the other team at their best. So I think that's, that's one true. big that's thing. True. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm hoping, I'm hoping everybody stays healthy. I'm hoping the Eagles stay healthy. And uh, no, I think it's going to be a good year. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. So that's the Eagles then. Not too bad. Ran through the four teams, Eagles, Cowboys, Washington Giants. Now, before we move on to our division prediction, division winners, I think it's going to be close no matter what. This was a close division last year, and I think it's going to be the same again. It's going to be a game or two for these top teams. So no matter what, no matter who takes the division, I think it's going to be close. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, I, don't, I don't necessarily, just to wrap up the Eagles for me, uh, I don't think they're necessarily out of it by any means. I'd say uh, there may be one team that I'm not thinking will be contending towards the end of the season, but it's not the Eagles for me. Um, they certainly seem, you know, to hinder on a lot more of uh, we'll see than the yeah. other two teams I'm thinking. Dallas, certainly everything outside of Dak is a uh, – has got questions, but it's Dak, and that's that quarterback. You know he'll be yep, all there at least. He'll be trying his best out there. Now Jalen, uh, he's Mister Mister Unbiased Eagles fan over there. Uh, has a has love for Jalen, and he has played well, but you know well enough to be considered for a starter position. Not necessarily he's locked up the starter spot. Does that make sense? Yeah, at least. Well, that's why they brought in those veterans too. Just At least that's case. not what I think for the future. Um, but they have some nice pieces. They have some returning veterans. Hopefully uh, that's that's the part where I kind of agreed with him in the sense that they got a lot of veterans or they got a lot of pieces for depth this year, it seems like. Um, just to, you know, to give those veterans some relief like they did in that Super Bowl season. Brandon Graham, Ryan Kerrigan, very similar age. And uh, – uh, output, but now they're there to share snaps. Yep. So really, kind of working, working overtime for both of them. And yep. uh, yeah, I, I don't, I definitely don't hate the off season. They got those picks for Carson. You know, Car Carson being on the team, although not like a huge deal probably because it's hard to speculate. But I feel like it is kind of a weight off your shoulder type of deal. Um, yeah, exactly. Just maybe more for the fans in the front office has been for the team necessarily, but, but uh, that's one problem that's down. It's all about eliminating little problems as you get them. Jalen hurts this year, full-time starter until he does, until he loses it. Um, otherwise I'm hopeful, I'm hopeful until he goes. loses it. As, unless he loses it. There we go. You know, I'm going to sound real quick, like a jealous ex-girlfriend, but I just want to say something about Carson wins. Um, you know, the more and more I hear people talk about it, it was the Green Bay game where he got benched or whatever, you know. And uh, allegedly it's been said, or Carson's even said, he said it in Indy one of their one of their days. Basically, that was the point where he kind of already questioned, like, and said he was done in Philly. For someone to be that quick to be out, it's so easy to just, like, not really be a fan of that guy anymore, in my opinion. And that's where I really like Hurts. Now, Hurts is still pretty fresh as far as his Eagles career. 
But just to see the way that guy's kind of come up through like his Alabama stuff and everything like that, that's where I think um, as a fan, I look a lot more forward to this year Eagles than even last. Um, it's going to be interesting. Oh, and I heard you make the comment about Kerrigan and Graham. You know, that, that takes me back to when we first got Chris Long too, is like they're, they're bringing in good guys that have the longevity and have, you know, the wherewithal and have better done that. And that's, that's kind of good to see too. That's the one thing I'll say about the Eagles versus Washington. We got so many old guys on this roster at this point, you know, that's the one thing I'll say. That's the one spot where I'll, I'll say I, I think the Eagles got a real good chance at winning the division. If I was an outsider looking in, I'd probably bet on Washington or Dallas. But if I'm looking at the next five years forward, if Washington gets a quarterback, they're going to be so dangerous. NFL in general-wise, they're going to be so dangerous. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to our division winners, division prediction. I have mindset. I got my top four, one through four, so I'm ready to go whenever. But if uh, either one of you gentlemen, Jeremy, I assume you want to go last just because it's your division. I'll go first. You know what? I'll go first. Since it's my division, I'll go first. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to go bottom up. Bless you, Seth. I'm going to go bottom up. I think, I think the Giants are going to be the worst of the division. I just don't have faith in Daniel Jones. I think he's going to be another Sam Darnold type guy where he's just kind of, uh, they bring him in here. They try to build around him, which the Jets didn't even really try to build around him, but I just don't see him making it work at the Big Apple. Um, I think it's going to be another rough year for those guys. I think it's going to be kind of a tightly contested year for the NFC East, but I see the Giants taking last. Yeah, I think the Giants take last. I think Daniel Jones is probably on his way out after the fact. And, uh, yeah, they're last. Two and three, I think, is where it gets real hairy because I think two – one, two, and three, I think, is all going to be probably a game apart. I think it's going to be really tight this year. And, honestly, I think it could be any mixed match of these three. But – this is how I would bet it. I'm not going to bet on Fitzpatrick, so Washington's going to be three. As much as I would be like, hey, Washington, the most dangerous team moving forward, I just I wouldn't put I wouldn't put anything on Fitzpatrick. Um, I see those guys making a quarterback change at some point this year, if not two of them, just because I don't think the quarterback play there is going to be that good to win the division. Now the, the rest of the team around them, super dangerous. So I think they're going to be good enough to make them either real close to double-digit wins or right there with it. Um, that brings me to two. This is probably I where my I bias where comes in. Going. This is probably where my bias comes in. But for all the same things I said about Washington with not having a quarterback, is all the same things I'm going to say for Dallas taking number two because of their defense. I just don't know if the defense is going to be there. And I just there's too many question marks across the board. If Dak stays healthy, shoot, they might be 30 points a game every week, you know. But the defense might be giving up 35-plus every week. So I just – Dallas is one I'm just not willing to bet on that defense. And then – and then to round it out with the division winners, I am going to go with my Philadelphia EAGLES Eagles, and I am going to say that they win the division. I am going to bet on Hurts' progression. I, I've been real impressed with watching kind of like his off season go together. It's been once again to mention Carson Wentz, totally different than the last quarterback. It was like every time you've seen something about Hurts, the dude was working. He was working on his craft like every single time. To ver, 
where with Wentz, it was always the dude's out duck hunting. You know, it's just not football crap, you know, or is it stupid sports channel, sporting channel? So I think Howie's made a lot of the right moves. Now he's betting on guys with these one year contracts, but I think it's a lot of good heads on the defense. Anthony Harris, good head. Eric Wilson, good head. Ryan Kerrigan, good head. Steven Nelson. I mean, these guys have all been places where they've been good players to even above, you know, great players and been on winning teams and they, they know what they're doing. They know their craft. Now, you, you know, getting Brandon Graham back, getting Lane Johnson back, another year of Isaac Samalo, another year of Jordan Malata. That offensive line could gel real fast. And, I mean, that could be the best offensive line in the, in the NFL. Now, you're only going to get one year of it because a lot of these guys are probably out the next year or two. But I just have a lot of faith in this team right now, especially with all the guys coming off of injury. I think it's going to almost look like four or five more starters that are like offseason additions you know so i'm gonna go i'm gonna go eagles dallas washington the only spot that i'm actually really really willing to lock in is that the uh, the giants take last because i just think that top three teams is going to be kind of uh any of them could take throughout there but i would bet on i would bet on the teams with quarterbacks and i think i would bet on hurts over anything on washington for a quarterback and then i'd bet on the Philly roster through and through before Dallas's roster through and through. That's just my opinion. That is some bias stuff. So I'll go Eagles, Dallas, Washington, Giants. All right. Fair enough. I'm not surprised. Not going to lie. Not surprised. The Eagles are number one, but that's all right. I- I'll go next. Owen. I'll, I'll, I'll run through it quickly here. Um, going to do uh, one, one place I'll agree with you, Jeremy is the Giants will be last for me as well. Uh, just because I don't have a lot of faith in Daniel Jones. Like I mentioned before, I think a lot of the success rides on him, and I just don't think that'll happen. Uh, so, But I'll start off with the division winner. I'm going to take Washington. You have them third. I have them first. But I will agree with you again. I think one, two, and three are going to be neck and neck. So I could see any three of those teams winning the division. I'm going to go with Washington just because they are the most complete team, but I think they have the biggest question mark at quarterback, but the rest of the team I think is good enough to overtake that. Uh, Dallas, I'm going Dallas too, mainly because of Dak. And like I mentioned before with Dallas, I think that defense will progress enough that they'll be two. Um, I go Philly three. No, you got a lot. On Hertz, my biggest question mark will be Hertz as well, just because he only played three to four games last year. So we don't know what we're going to see with him. Now there's a lot of potential there, and he did make some good moves last year, made some good plays, but still a lot of questions there on whether he can be the guy or not. Um, and I think they have some question marks other places, but they still have a lot of talent there. Obviously, bringing in Jalen Waddle. Uh, is a big move for them, for Jalen Hurts, too, because you're going to have that chemistry there. Um, Jalen who? So, yeah. Jalen Waddle. Or, I mean, sorry, Devontae Smith. Sorry, the other Alabama boy. Yep. My bad, my bad. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to save you to say Rager, but I got you. Um, so I'm going Washington, Dallas, Eagles, Giants. Same with you, Jeremy. My only confident one really is the Giants uh, as the last place, but I could see any of those other three teams at the top. But I'm going to stick with Washington for now. Owen? Washington, he says. Yeah, so we're going to go full, all different outcomes here. I don't know if we've done that every single division, but I feel like we are have. You going, are you going the Giants one? 
I'm going to go with the Giants one, the Eagles four, and then I don't care about the rest. AFC West, because <laughs> I have them all here, Owen, just to come back. Yeah, go ahead. AFC West and the NFC West were the only two divisions that we all three did not agree on division winner. Now right. the NFC East. So let's do it. So start from the bottom and we'll get here, wherever here is. Starting from the bottom, Giants. I'm going to go with the Giants. Just the least faith. They almost, I mean, they have a chance to get up in sort of, they might take a couple divisional games and be frisky. And I, and I do think they'll be good. Eventually, they're definitely showing spurts, but I just – it's the DJ thing. I don't have a lot of faith in old Daniel, Danny Dimes, and uh, we'll see what the rest of the team comes up with. Yeah, yeah, definitely big big storms rolling in here, as Jeremy's showing us. Beautiful. Big time. Beautiful. And, it's, and, it's, and it's getting dark out here, so let's wrap this one up before we all die. Big lightning. Um, <laughs> we got – so I got Giants number four, just the least faith. Uh, then you're right. I do think it's like the three teams a little more even. I'm gonna go Eagles at three. Jeremy, don't you know? Don't disown me. That's all right. That's where I had them too. That's where I had them as well. So um, that's all right. I do think there's some exciting weapons, and I and I'd like Miles Sanders to be a huge, 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 huge. Um, especially now with more weapons and less attention on him and returning linemen, which is probably the biggest factor for the whole team. The moving on, let's go. Let's go. Yeah, I'm gonna do it. Let's go. Washington two, Dallas one. I'm gonna go Dallas one. Uh, so number one, I think Washington Dallas becomes the two headed two headed race going into the final couple games. Uh, and I think Dallas, I'm having faith a little, like I said, a little optimism for Dallas's defense, knowing they got a couple guys. Trayvon Diggs was huge. Michael Parfins can be huge. I think they take control of that defense and they start phasing out some of the players that just refuse to step up their play. Like we're talking Jalen Smith, Van Der Esch, a couple other guys, right? Now that they got some their replacements in the building. Um, so I think their defense improvement gets them into contention. And then I think the quarterback play is what wins them the division, gives them a top three seed. Yeah. I like how we all picked the three teams. We all agreed on the Giants bottom feeder, uh, which I think is smart. And then we all pick uh, we picked the spread on the rest. So uh, I agree with that. Like I said, I could see any one of these three teams at the uh, division winner, so it wouldn't surprise me. So I kind of like that we all picked different teams. I like that. It's good. It'll keep it uh, keep some, keep the keep competition some high. Yeah, I have a big absolutely. feeling. I think I'm free starting to turn around on the Cowboys now that they got big Mike at the helm. He's still there. I find Jerry Jones more of a character and less of an asshole. And uh, I'm really excited for hard knocks. And I think hard knocks is just going to reaffirm my stance that I'm almost a Cowboys. Ironically, ironically watching the Cowboys. How about that? There you go. I enjoy watching them, even though I don't like them. Let's run into our top five. Let's run through these and, uh, We'll see what happens after that. Um, all right. So, like we talked before, a uh, little PP. Um, I'm not super confident on my top five, but I'll go with it. It's right there. Uh, so, I'm ready whenever. But, as always, I am – I'm a generous man. So, if somebody wants number one, I'm always willing to give it up. Seth, I don't mind the order, but I just want to recognize that you did say little PP, and I appreciate it. Yeah. 
I, I've been enjoying all this PP talk. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Maybe. Okay, now I don't like it anymore. <laughs> the pre-pod talk, PP talk. I love that. I, you know, I like my list. I, I'd be really interested. I don't want to be, I don't want to flip it as I hear you guys is. I don't want to be tempted to like tinker with right, it. So I'm, I'm just so, gonna go throw it out. All right, go ahead. Top five A and B. The first one since training camp in the NFL has started. Round the league. Woo woo. Exciting times. Cue the uh, NFL films music. Steve Sable narrating. I'm going to go number one. Is that where we want to start? We want to start number one or we want to? Absolutely. Yeah. Are you sure? Actually, now that I think about it, it may, if we start counting down, we might not know who's number one since this list is a little more. I mean, we've always started at number one, but it's tradition. But I'm okay starting at the bottom. I think the last time we were all together, I think I started at the bottom. Really? I think I did. All right. You guys I, don't I'm have okay to do with it. that. It, it's fine. I, I don't care. I'm just saying oh, that. Oh, and if you want to do it that way, I'm going to I'm gonna do it that way as well. You guys don't have to do it. Okay. All right. All right. We'll see how it goes. And hey, maybe it's obvious. Maybe it's not. We'll see, how, we'll see what you guys think. Um, I'm going to run down from my 5B player in the NFC Beast. Miles Sanders, I really like that guy. I think he's going to be huge. Jeremy is battening down the hatches for the storm front here. You you can't fully appreciate the Miles Sanders pick, but I'm gonna I'm gonna go Miles Sanders. I think Devontae Smith maybe he doesn't have huge stats, but I think his presence will loom huge, and Miles Sanders will reap all the rewards. And he's just that talented to do so, make plays on his own if he needs to. And Jalen Hurts is obviously a big part of that, but I think Miles Sanders is the stud. Uh, in, in the Philly offense. Uh, moving down, let's go top five. A, we're talking about uh, a all-pro first-team lineman last year and I believe left guard, Brandon Scherf, guard out of the, the football Giving the team. offensive line some love. I like Gotta it. Gotta give him some love. Brandon Scherf, consistently consistent, unlike his quarterback, uh, one of those names that flies under the radar, but he's always been good, even uh, coming out of college. And uh, it was a weird struggle to see if he was going to stay on the team, but they, they decided to keep him, which was the obvious move. Um, moving down, let's go to number four. I'm going to say Saquon Barkley coming back from injury. Ooh, Saquon. The best running back in the league. Penn State teammate Sanders and Barkley on the same division top player list. Uh, yeah, he's huge. He's physically huge and metaphorically huge to what he does for the Giants. And they run, they live and die by him. If DJ struggles, Barkley's always there. So hopefully he's not running the team by himself. It looks like they set him up pretty good. Hopefully they make a run for it. I don't think so, but I think Barkley will still be huge. Number three, maybe a surprise, maybe not. I'm going to go Dak Prescott at three, Whoa. not two or not one. Surprise there. Obviously, he reaps the reward of his position and how huge he is. In that sense, uh, I still think there's some question marks because of the injury. I still think there's question marks because of the team. But there's undoubtedly, he's a great player. He he belongs on the list. Hopefully, all of us have are in agreement there. We'll see. But he's just a big dude. He can run well. He can pass really well out of the pocket. It's just getting that traditional quarterback sense, which he seemed to – improved before the injury last year so excited to see his improvement most improved player coming most improved player award is that always given to the big injury guy who comes back 
You mean comeback player of the year? That's what I'm. That's what I'm looking for. Comeback. There player. you go. Okay. Okay. Yep. So we'll look for Dak for that award. Number two, fantasy. Uh, people's biggest fantasy love Terry McLaurin, receiver of the football team. Think he's going to be huge. Think he's going to be top five. We're going to be looking at him in a different light. And he's playing for a contract. I don't think he's in a contract year. I'd have to look that up. But he is going to be playing for that extension. Um, not physically huge. He is decently sized, but he's just skilled as all hell. Uh, Jeremy, you got anything to add? You're a receiver guy. No, not right now. Not this. <laughs> He'll get there. Oh, I wanted to. I wanted to take his. Uh, Take his scouting report, but Terry McLaurin's great, obviously. So, I love my, number, my number one is in the Aaron Donald camp of give him the all pro award every year he exists in the NFL. Zach Martin, guard for the Dallas Cowboys, belongs there every year. Oh. If he is alive, he deserves the respect. He doesn't get the respect because he's not fighting with knives for a video, even though that was fake. And he's not, uh, he's not totally, he's not, he doesn't make offenses fear for their lives. Right. Oh, he didn't like it. He does not like it. I can see this face. Zach Martin is the best offensive lineman in the NFL, Barton. That's, that's just a fact. Wait, best offensive lineman in the NFL? What? Fact. He's not even the best at his position. That's not a fact. (laughs) What is a fact? You ever seen that guy? You ever seen that guy that plays in Indy? I think he's great. I think he's the best offensive lineman in the NFL. <laughs> I don't think so. In fact, Zach Martin. there's a guy that there's a guy that, if healthy last year, I think is better than Zach Martin. But continue, please. No, and he's not. He one. doesn't play for the Eagles one. either. That was one, right, Owen? Continue. That was Zach Martin. That was number one, one, I guess. Zach okay, Martin. Let's, hear, let's right. hear your list again. Let's hear your list again. Two offensive linemen. He's got to be. That's all there is. I mean, there's a lot of other players, and you guys might touch on them, but I had a I had a huge honorable mention list. I just didn't think any of them. I think Miles Sanders was kind of the best of the rest that I had. I had a top five, and I thought Sanders was like the one guy I kind of wanted to highlight for my five B. But uh, I think highly of Zach Martin. Uh, weirdly, I see a lot of his tape when I when I go through. I just love watching offensive lineman breakdowns. Zach Martin's always there. Uh, and the offensive line has sucked for the Cowboys ever since Travis Frederick, unfortunate uh, beard. retirement, and and Tyron Smith being injured and older. But Zach Martin's always there, and he's always great. So it goes like this. Zach Martin, one. Terry McLaurin, two. Dak Prescott, three. Saquon Barkley, four. Brandon Scherf and Miles Sanders, five. Now, right. Jeremy, were you holding the hope I was going to say Lane Johnson at number one? No. When you started him. off with Aaron Donald yeah. and you were talking about that position, I thought for sure it was going to be Fletcher Cox. No. He's, he's not him. on your list. I love him. He's not I on love your list. Him. He's older. He's older. All right. He's great. I'll he's go. older. Zach, Martin, I'll go Zach Martin's older than Fletcher Cox. No, he is not. Pretty positive he is. Don't Look lie. it up. Research it. Let me. I'll Seth, do my go list. I'm gonna, I'm gonna find it. Okay. All right. I'm gonna run through mine quickly just so we can move on. Uh, keep moving the train here. Um, top five. I'll start at the bottom as well. Um, I'm gonna go five B. 
It's going to be Saquon Barkley for me. Oh, and they're the same age. They are the same age. Hey, look at that. Yep. Um, Saquon Martin's Barkley, better. 5B for me, simply because of the injury. Now, his first two years, he went over 1,000 yards. Year two for him wasn't as spectacular as year one, uh, but still good, so two years ago. Uh, but last year was pretty much hurt the whole year. You get into that question with running backs and injuries and things like that is how well they can come back. Now, you know, obviously health, um, technology and things like that. Players are able to come back a little easier, but still the running back position is a grueling one. So that's the only reason why I have him at 5B, but he could easily be one as well. Next year, he could be the best player in the NFC East if he's healthy. Uh, 5A, this may come as a surprise to you guys, but I just – I think the end of the season was great for him. So I'm going to go the defensive rookie of the year, 5A for me, Chase Young. To me, he's in the mold of uh, the Bosa brothers. I think he can be as um, as disruptive, things like that. He In the next year or two, he could be the best defensive and pass rusher in the league to me. Um, so I'm going off a little bit of potential here um not so much for, i mean you know right now i mean he's you know you could consider him um you know a top pass rusher just because of what he did his rookie year um but i think he's gonna take a big step year two uh four um no yeah four four here um i'm getting confused going backwards I'm not used to this so four for me is um i'll go the little brother of aaron donald here jeremy i'll just make you happy fletcher cox is four for me he has to be on this list. I'll agree with you, Jeremy. I mean, he's probably number two to Aaron Donald as the best defensive lineman, defensive tackles over the last seven, eight years. I mean, he's made the Pro Bowl pretty much every year of his career and all pro a few times in there as well. Um, so he has to be in there. I mean, he's anchored that defense too for many, many years. So All right, Here, give, me, give me a little asterisk. Uh, I definitely thought he was older. See, that that was the thing. I wanted to throw it out there. I didn't want to, like, change it. That would have been the one thing I changed. I thought Zach Martin was 29. I thought Fletcher Cox – here's my thing. Jeremy makes it sound Fletcher like – Fletcher Cox has played longer, but they're the same age. Jeremy, Jeremy makes it sound like Fletcher Cox has been breaking down and he's dying and he's going to be gone. That's what I got the impression from Jeremy. You do speak highly of him. That's true. And I obviously think he's one of the top, but I, I see, I see the error of my ways now. I, I would put him back in my top six, but he wouldn't have been one. So there, there you go. My correction. Anyways. So Fletcher Cox four for me, number three, scary Terry, uh, um, a little bit of a, a subtle here. Uh, I've got two receivers in a row coming up. So scary Terry's, one of two receivers um like owen you said he's a young upcoming guy he's gonna be the you know the the flash for that offense uh he's got the the nickname to go with it um so he's three for me definitely could be best receiver in this division with i think a loaded receiver class i mean i could have done five or six receivers here thought about it for a minute but I was like, eh, I should do some other positions in there. So Scary Terry, three for me. Two, this might surprise people, but I, I think he's underrated a little bit. Uh, Amari Cooper, number two for me. Um, he's uh, had at least 1,000 yards 
every year of his career, I think, except one year when he didn't play a full season, but he plays 15, 16 games. He's hitting a thousand. He's consistent. He's got some of the best hands in the league and uh, one of the best route runners too. So to me, he uh, is underrated when you talk about top receivers. I think he's not always up there, but I think he should be just because of what he's done, what he did in Oakland uh, and then what he's done in Dallas so far as well. So Amari Cooper two, number one, obviously is going to be Dak then because Dak has to be on this list. To me, Dak is one healthy, He's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He's shown it last year, especially. He just keeps getting better. Coming off this injury, injured already, we'll see what that does to him. But he's got the potential to be one of the best quarterbacks and be the difference maker for this team, as we talked about earlier. So Dak won. So my list, quickly run back down it. Dak won, Amari two, Terry three, Fletcher Cox four, Chase Young five, Saquon six. Five B, sorry. 5B, 5A and B. All right. It's well, different. Solid, solid list, gentlemen, but uh, mine looks completely different than yours. <laughs> and that's not because it's just littered with the Eagles. My list is just very, very, very different than your guys's. So we'll start from the bottom with shot for shot. Just dug it up. Just as good as the guard is Zach Martin, but I have Zach Martin rated ahead because this guy missed last year. My 5B is going to be Brandon Brooks, okay? Brandon Brooks, in his four years in Philly, he's honestly, in my opinion, just a second, gentlemen. Anyways, Brandon Graham also, first of all, he owns the longest streak of snaps currently without a sack given up. And he's also, in his four years in Philly, played 4,200 snaps, He's allowed just one sack a season since being in Philly. But he's got the longest streak right now going. I think it's like 1,700 snaps before getting out of a sack. Brandon, Graham's, uh, Brandon Brooks is going to be my number five B. Brandon Graham is the guy that's uh, early honorable mention. Brooks, the only thing where I kind of sat here and I was like, maybe I don't want to put him on is just because of age and injury, but that's like half my list, over half my list. So and that's, that's like that's where we are. the other two Eagles linemen could also be there, but it's also age and injury. Kind of it actually it it like really does kill me to not put Jason Kelsey on here, but I'm like pretty damn sure it's gonna be last the last year for him, and it does really kill me to not put Lane on here. But honestly, of the three of them, Brandon Brooks is just the best of all three of them in my opinion. Um, don't get me wrong, I think Lane Johnson's the best damn right tackle in the league, and probably one of the top three tackles in the league. But I, Brandon Brooks, I'd put up against any guard like personally. Other than age, I think he's right there with Quentin Nelson. For just from my brief little digging here, him and Zach Martin are very, very similar in sacks allowed on career even. And Brandon Brooks wasn't that great until he hit Philly. They're both they're within one sack allowed in their career. Um, but that'll take me to we'll just go six or a five here. I'm going Dak at five. Um, can't leave him off. He's the only damn good quarterback in the division right now. Um, Dude could be comeback player of the year. Shoot, he could be an MVP voting next year if he's putting it together like last year. Um, the thing about Dak is it's just going to be all about health and all about how that team gels year after year. But as far as talent and everything, there's no reason Dak doesn't throw for like 5,000 yards, honestly. Like he's going to have a huge year. Um, Dak was rated 50 on the PFF 
top 50 players, by the way. Just wanted to throw that out there. For everything you guys said about Dak, I mean, there's not much more to add. I mean, the it's going up for him as long as he stays healthy, honestly. Um, that brings me to four, which I have the number 47 rated player on the top 50, James Bradbury, who you both left off, which kind of surprised me. Um, the only giant that's going to appear on here. James Bradbury Ooh. is the James Bradbury is probably the best corner in the NFC. Like Slay's, Slay's an early two, but Bradbury was doing it. I mean, with kind of a similar setup. I love me some Slay, but James Bradbury, like for a stretch of games last year, I think he had, if I remember right, James Bradbury actually had the most pass breakups in the NFL last year by like a, a wide margin. Like he had a hell of a year. The dude like fully put it on when he came over to New York from uh, Carolina, but he's quietly uh, did that too. He, quietly said, quietly, and that's the thing is he was going up against the number one every single week, and I mean that's that's no that, that's not easy in the East. I mean that's that's Terry McLaurin. That's everything in Dallas. I mean you you line up against any of those receivers in Dallas, and you got yourself a nightmare for two two games a year. So I mean. James Bradbury really went off last year. He's been he's been super solid since he hit New York. So Brandon Brooks, Dak, James Bradbury, and that brings me to three, which is Jonathan Allen. Another guy that you guys didn't have on your list. That's your guy. Jonathan that's Allen. so it's everyone has a Redskins lineman or a football team lineman that they like. You like that's Jonathan. that's my guy. That's okay. my guy. I am big on and Ionitis. I like Ionitis as well. But I think Jonathan Allen. I think he's the best like pure interior defensive lineman they have there. And he kind of falls into the mold of like Dron Payne's kind of similar to this too, but Dron Payne's just not quite as dangerous as Jonathan Allen, but it's similar to, to Fletcher Cox. Now, as I'm rolling through this, in my opinion, these players have, they're not only the best player on their team, but they also are like the best player at their position in the conference or in the division. And they have the most impact on on like the game to game in my opinion but jonathan allen i think is the best defensive lineman on that team he might be the best damn player on that team jonathan allen that guy's a freak of nature um that brings me to two who is the number two pff rated guard owen guard owen guard owen pff come on you know not to think about too much about them he's the 13th overall in the top 50 zach martin Easily, in my opinion, him and Brandon Brooks are – Zach Martin after last year. Zach Martin only played another guy, once again, that's hurt. So, Brandon Brooks hurt last year. Dak hurt last year. Zach Martin hurt last year. Zach Martin only played 10 games. But uh, um, after last year, easily the second-best guard in the league to Quentin Nelson. I think Brandon Brooks is right there. If he wouldn't have been hurt, he's definitely right there with those two. Um, but, yeah, he's easy too. Zach Martin, when he's on the field, that Dallas O-line is different. When he's off the field, it's – bad it's just not good um that's the last of the cowboys to show up on the list and at number one because he is the most important player in the division and probably the best player in the division only number two at his position to aaron donald and there's a wide margin after him fletcher cox for sure i think fletcher cox for his injury woes last year I think he's probably the most dominant force in the division. Um, I mean, shoot, just look back at the Eagles' uh, Super Bowl year. If it wasn't for Fletch being on the year, and 
that guy is always a double team. And that's the one thing I'll say to what you said earlier about Zach Martin and how you thought he was better than Fletch. It's not geared appropriately for defensive linemen because the guy like Fletch, when he's in Dallas, he's getting doubled every week, every week. So it's Zach Martin and, and Frederick, your, your boy, uh, Seth. So it's like you got this one dude going against those two every week, every week, you know, that they play. And uh, I just – I think Fletcher Cox, if, if there's a world without Aaron Donald, he's the best defensive tackle in the NFL. Like, it's pretty clear. I think – Fletch, though, I think is the most dominant force in the deep, uh, in the NFC East. Now, I think Jonathan Allen's real close. Like, I think that guy could be that soon here, especially with his age and what's going to be playing around him. Fletch never really had – I mean, Brent, it breaks my heart to not have Brandon Graham on this list, but he's just never had the numbers to really make him that flashy. Brandon Graham is a run-stopping defensive end and just – he's a – as Owen, you know, Chris Sims would say, a fuck-the-play-up guy. That's After Brandon Graham. That's that's Brandon Graham, one hundred percent. No, uh, I just Fletch has never really played with a number, another dominant interior guy. That's why I'm really looking forward to Javon Hargrave having a true off off season this year, because those two at their peak, and then you got Kerrigan, Graham, uh, Derek Barnett, and then we got Josh Sweat coming back healthy, and then you got Milton Williams rotating in there. That could be a mess for some offensive lines. Like that really could be a mess. And it's, it's nice to see Fletch at 30 years old, Zach Martin at 30 years old, and, you know, see these guys get some help around him. And that's the thing about the Eagles' defensive line versus the Dallas offensive line is the Dallas offensive line has been kind of like aging. And Tyron Smith is not a top-10 offensive tackle anymore. He just, he's not anymore. It's, it's sad to say, but he's just not. And, it, like, that guy was not only just physically freaky gifted, but dude, that dude's arm reach, like, he had, like, what was it, like a – his, his length of his arm was like the longest in NFL history. Was some nuts number, but he was like built for the position. But Dallas is not retooling that offensive line to where Philly's constantly bolstering that defensive line and adding guys to help. So I think you're going to see more longevity out of the like Fletcher Coxes than the Zach Martins. But uh, I wasn't putting a single running back on this list because in my opinion, the best two running backs in the division play in Washington and Philly. That's just me. I think Miles Sanders after this year, is going to be the best running back in the division. He does everything, and he's got health on his side. Staquan, I don't think, plays the whole year. Uh, Zeke is burnt out. Like, I would never touch him with Tampa pull at this point in his career. And Antonio Gibson, I think, is going to surprise some people in Washington. That guy's good. Like, he's very, yeah, very good. He'll be, he'll be a sneaky one. He will be a sneaky one. Like, he's definitely the top of my honorable mention. Him and Brandon Graham are, like, right at the top. And then I wasn't going to put any receivers on this, like Curtis Samuel – and all those guys in Dallas, I just wasn't going to do it. I was just going to kind of stick to the lines, offense, defense, and then Dak. Because that's – the NFC East has been, like, star-studded across the offensive line for years. I mean, look at those great offensive lines in Philly, Dallas. Giants had some good ones yeah. for a while there. Brandon Sheriff should have made this list too, you know? Did you, did you say that Fletcher Cox was the most important player in the division? Hell yes. No, no, no. Okay. Wait, wait. Time out. Not the most important, the most dominant. You did say most important, but if you want to say most dominant, that's fine. Most dominant. I don't mean the most important. The, okay. This year, it's good. It's always quarterback. It's always quarterback. Um, I think the, the most important position all the way across is going to be quarterbacks this year. But I think Cox is the most dominant player in the division. Fair. All right. All right. Just clarify. I'll, I'll rip to it real quick. Yeah. Brandon Brooks, six. 
Jonathan or uh, Dak five, James Bradbury, Jonathan Allen, Zach Martin, Fletcher Cox. All right, not bad, not bad. You're right, a bit different, uh, but I can't disagree with you there. Can't disagree. Like I said, it's uh, it's been so built of offense and defensive lines in uh, the NFC East. Like Dallas, really like Tyron Smith, Travis Frederick, all those guys. Like they had some great offensive lines there. Phillies had a great offensive line throughout Kelsey, Jason Peters, all those guys. And then the defensive lines, you know, Washington's got it now. The Eagles have had a really good defensive line for a long time. Dallas kind of trickled in there. And then New York's had guys throughout the years. You know, they've had guys on both sides of the ball throughout the years. So that's when I think of the NFC East, when I think of the NFC East football, I think of line play because that's where it all starts. I think back to like Andy Reid back in like 04 when we went to the Super Bowl. It was all built off the offensive and defensive line. I mean, we had guys. Corey Simon, J- uh, Javon Curse, you know, we had guys all over the place. And then on the offensive line, it's the same way. Trey Thomas, you know, Todd Harriman's, man, that's, that's John what I Runyon. Think John Runyon, that's right. Seth, that's right. John Runyon. That's when we had some book, we had some bookends. JRJ. But that's how I think of the NFC's football. It's always, it's always been about uh, the front, the front line. In the trenches? Oh, 100%. That's Fair where you point. build a team from, man. That's where you build a team from. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. All right. Do we uh, do we want to save trivia for next time, or do we want to uh, run off a quick one, or what? what do you want to it's do? on you. It's, it's your call. I mean, we're getting it already here. It's coming It's gonna... coming this way. It's coming this yeah. way. I've kind of been keeping it on my side view here. It's coming. Yeah, I don't know what that's we want why to do. This, that's why Tiffany keeps coming in and just making little snide comments to me. <laughs> <laughs> Owen, do we want to do like a, a speed round or do we want to wait? I've got enough questions to do it. Week? I've got enough questions to do it. So let's that do means you... Yeah. Let's All right. Do it. Let's, let's do a speed round then. Let's, let's so you should, you should play the, you play the theme for us at like two times speed or one and a half times speed. Yeah. Can you do it at the speed of a tornado? There's my lights. You got oh. Jeremy's having power issues. All right, here we go. Let's just start. Let's just start. No intros. Let's go. Always go. Let's do it. Let's do. Let's do two rounds. One question each, Benson's and then I got brain busters. And then I got a double or nothing at the end. Okay. All right. Deal. All right. Here we go. Sirens again. There it is. Jeremy's about to phase out. Jeremy, here's your first question. You ready? Hit me. All right. I'll try to. I'll try to make it quick. Two high-profile players were traded for each other in 2004 when Denver traded what running back for Champ Bailey? Clinton Portis. Bingo. That's All a right. point for Jeremy. Quick, quick hitter. All right, Seth, you ready? Yep. Instead of signing him to an extension in 2010, the Arizona Cardinals traded what receiver for third and fourth round picks? Oh. Want me to repeat? Please. Yeah, please. I got two people on my mind, but yes. Instead of signing him to an extension in 2010, the Arizona Cardinals traded what wide receiver for third and fourth round picks? I, I got one guy I'm going to go with. I kind of feel like it's too early, but I'm going to go with him on Quan Bolden. That is correct. Hey. Good answer. I was going to say, Seth, that was it. There you go. Uh, 
All right. I felt like he go. was in Arizona longer, and I felt like him moving to to Baltimore was like a little bit later on. But mm. that it was, was the, right after that. It was literally right after that big Steve Preston year when they had the yeah. three guys go for a thousand. When that yeah, the Super Bowl year? I think so. It was either the Super Bowl year or the year before the Super Bowl year, but it was right in there. Okay. All right. Moving on. You ready, Jeremy? I'm ready. This might be a little bit more difficult. We'll see. Who was the Miami Dolphins' full-time head coach between Cam Cameron and Joe Philbin? Oh, I can picture this guy's face. Miami Dolphins' full-time head coach between Cam Cameron and Joe Philbin. Tony Sperano. That is correct. Whoa, nice. Nice pull. There. What a pull. I just had the mustache and the glasses because he was the Wildcat guy. Yeah, it was the Ronnie Brown Wildcat guy. Uh, and the full time was important not to throw you off and have you say Dan Campbell. Yeah. You know, that's the name that popped in my head was Dan Campbell. I think it was right after Joe Philbin, too. So it wouldn't have really applied. But uh, all right, Seth, here you go. Who was the Arizona Cardinals full time head coach between Denny Green and Bruce Arians? Ooh, Repeat that's that a again. Good one. Will do. Who was the Arizona Cardinals full-time head coach between Denny Green and Bruce Arians? Wow. Denny Green and Bruce Arians, huh? That's who, that's who we're talking. Two familiar names, but not the answer. I'm trying to remember what Dennis Green left i think it was had to be mid-2000s you gotta you gotta think about that uh you know think about madden whatever year that you you need to be looking for i got this guy's face too but i'm not pulling i think i got his last name but i don't i think i know i think i know i i I really don't got nothing so you can buzz me owen i can't think of anything right now no guesses i i i really got nothing I can't, can't name a him. random head coach in, you know, in the late thousands, the early 2010s. I mean, I could, but I know it wouldn't be right. Do it. Just do it. Just do it. I mean, no, I got nothing. I got nothing. Mike. I'm going to, I'm going right. to wait. <laughs> All right. Go ahead, go ahead, Jeremy. Todd Haley. Todd Haley. Ooh. Incorrect, but that's not you know terrible guess. I think he was OC for the Steelers for a while, right around that time. I thought he went to Arizona after that for some reason. We're talking about Ken Wisenhunt. Hey, oh, Ken Wisenhunt, yeah. Current current coordinator journeyman. So that leaves uh, Jeremy on top of Seth for w- one point, two to one right now. Ah. Uh, one more round, or do you want to go straight to final? I was just going to say, one I'm more round. go to finals. There's, there's sirens going off everywhere. All right, here's so the final. I guess we'll go to final then. We could go. Seth, if you want to go one more, I mean, I might just get sucked into the sky. It's all right. But No, it's all right. We'll go final. Uh, okay. Starting with Seth, because he's down, just to make it, you know, interesting. We're going top five selling jerseys in Time 2020. Do you, do you have two good questions for, a, like, one more round? Yeah. Just do two more. Just do two more. Whatever. It's fine. Really quick. What is the number worn by Austin Hooper and John o. Smith to Jeremy? John o. Smith and Austin Hooper? 
What number do they wear? Austin Hooper and John Ooh, Smith. Got this. I got this. 81? He did play. Uh, so, John Smith, I was just going to say, did have it for the Titans. He, I did correct it. He does have the same number for the Patriots. Your guess is 81? Yep. That is correct. Yep. Yep. Seth Ree, Uncle Seth. The number worn by Austin Eckler and Philip Lindsay. Oh, I know this one. Same, same correction. Philip Lindsay wore this number for the Broncos, wears the same number for the Texans. I have two numbers in my head. Two numbers in my head. Um, I'm going to go 23. Final answer? Yep. False. Wrong. Dang it. Do I get a steal? You get a steal. Is it uh, is it 34? Wrong. We're looking for 30. Even 30. Okay, I knew it was a, okay. I knew yeah, it was a three. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Five points on the board. We're going to go, you know, penalty kick style. Seth starts. Go Jeremy. Go okay. Seth. Go Jeremy. All right. Does anybody know the score right now? I think four you're up by two. two. Yep. Is, it, sounds right. is it four three to, to one or three no, to one? No, sorry. Three to one. Three to one. That's Did right. Did I get one steal? No, no, you missed them both. Okay. Yeah. So three to one. I, I knew you were up by two. So. I was going to say, I know I got three and you got one at least. I just didn't know if anybody got a steal. So, yeah, we're go. ready. We're talking top five selling jerseys in 2020. Name me a player. If they're in the top five, you get a point. Then we'll move on back and forth. Each answer will first. switch. Seth goes Seth first. first. Go ahead. Top five selling jerseys in 2020 from the NFL. Mahomes. Mahomes is number one. Point to Seth. Three to two. Go ahead. Jeremy. Brady. Brady's number two. Talking four to two score. And we got three through five top selling jerseys in 2020. Go ahead, Seth. Russell Wilson. Nice. Number five. We're talking number five. Russell Wilson. Seth sneaking up a little bit. We'll see how it goes. Four to three. Jeremy. Jeremy's answer. We're looking for the three and four spots of the top five selling jerseys in 2020. Aaron Rodgers. No. I, you know, yeah, I had, that no doesn't Rogers. surprise me. That doesn't surprise me, to be honest. All the Packers fans already have their Rodgers jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. Jordan Love jerseys now. Yeah, right? I think that's it. Uh, Seth, go ahead. Um, I'm going to go Lamar Jackson. Number four, Lamar hey. Jackson. Tied it up, eh? Tied it up. The With one seat. left. This I knew this was possible. Now we're getting down to the nitty gritty. It might take a couple rounds before we find this name. Hopefully we do. Jeremy, it is your answer. Is it Odell? It is not Odell. Go ahead, Seth. Okay. Um, I'm gonna go CMC. Christian McCaffrey is wrong. Number three spot, Jeremy. Josh Allen. Not it. Seth. Um, Kyler Murray. Wrong. Jeremy. <laughs> just trying to just trying to speed it up so we get out of here before Jeremy dies in front of us. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Uh, JJ Watt. Wrong. We're looking for number three, Seth. I'll go. Uh, we'll do two more back and forths, and then I'll give you a hint of some kind. 
Okay. Um, gosh, around the league, around. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Um, Baker Mayfield. Wrong. Go ahead, Jeremy. Gosh. Trevor Lawrence. Not uh, it. Twenty twenty, Jeremy. Twenty twenty. Oh, That's oh. Right. twenty twenty. Oh, yep. can I guess again or no? I uh, go ahead. Sean Watson. <laughs> Wrong. Uh, Seth. <laughs> I thought about him too. I think that was my next name. I was gonna say. I'm Seth, glad you many, said. Many many hint. Fortune favors the bold. Doesn't really mean anything wordplay. I'm just telling you. Uh, take a swing. Take a home run swing. Fortune favors the bold. Not a play on words, I should say. Doesn't mean anything. Just means to be like, maybe think outside the box. Seth, go ahead. Um, Current player. Yeah. Number three. Um, I'm going to go uh, Alvin Kamara. Fair. Not wrong. Or not right. <laughs> yeah, not, not wrong. No, you're wrong. Uh, go ahead, Jeremy. Uh, Barkley, safe one. Nope. Uh, we're looking. Let's see here. Young, exciting player. Go ahead, Seth. Well, that's misleading too. <laughs> here's here's a here's a fate. Here's a hint. He wears number one. Wow, number one. Jeez, that took off all the people I was about to say. Um, Cam Newton? Wrong. Jeremy? Is it Jalen Hurts? Wrong. Okay, I was going to say no way, and he just switched his. But, I mean, it's one, so it's – I mean, who else was one? Um, geez, would it be a stretch to say, you know, Jalen Hurts might have been the closest answer so far? Maybe. Really? Maybe my hints are bad. I don't know. Maybe you shouldn't listen to it. I think your hints are one, way off tonight. He does wear one, though. <laughs> um, one. I... Who wears one? Who wears one? Um, I don't even know. I. Uh, here we go. Rodrigo Blinkenship. I have no idea what number he wears, but that's outside the box. Thinking that is out a little, maybe too far outside the box. <laughs> but it is wrong. I, I I see where you're where you're thinking though. What's the Falcons kicker's name? Cool. I don't know. What is it, Jeremy? Young Ho Young Way Cool, right? Uh yeah, that is his name. That's my guess. Nope. <laughs> Plays quarterback. Go ahead, Seth. That's a big hint. Well, I mean, did you think a kicker was? No. Okay. <laughs> I mean, come on. It, you got some good names out there. You know, maybe you buy it for the I mean, name. That's fair, but top five selling jerseys, you know. Maybe Vinatieri. I don't know if you ever was, but. Oh, I know it. Uh, that's great because I don't. There's your pressure, Seth. Quarterback, um, where's number one? 
I said Murray. Pretty sure Colin Murray wears one. Um, uh, I, I don't got it. I don't got it. Um, I, I don't think this is right, but Teddy Two Gloves. Teddy Two Gloves is wrong. What do you think? He was five. Tua. Tua Tonga-Vailoa is the number three For real. selling jersey in the NFL in the year 2020. Wow. All right. Wow, indeed. Wow, indeed. Fair enough. You would have thought maybe, maybe Herbert if it was going to be a rookie. Oh, and as soon as you said it was a quarterback, I immediately – I'm like, well, it's got to be Tua. There's only a couple number ones. There you go. Because uh, I think it's just Hurts and Tua. And that, your Hurts comment did make more sense now that I think about it. But yeah. those are the only two that were number one. Carson's the only one that was number two other than Ryan. That's it. Because uh, so Teddy's five. There's not really anybody that wears single digits anymore. Not much. Yeah, there, I mean, there will be a lot of position players that wear single digits. A lot. Yep. No. But, yeah, that's that. Jeremy takes the win. It was a good game. Yeah. It's a hard spot. It battle, was. So. Hey, you know, for a speed round, I liked it. I liked there that. There you go. There you go. All and right. Now – we just got our thunderstorm warning until ten thirty, yep. so now it's our turn, Jeremy. Yep. Next up is uh, next up is tornado warnings because that's I what saw I that. Got. I saw yeah. that. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get out of here and uh, maybe stay alive for next week, huh? Shall we? Yeah. I'm gonna go chase some storms. <clears throat> All right. Let's well, well, I'll do it with you. Godspeed, Jeremy. Godspeed. All right. Oh, and I'll meet we you. We will. Back. Uh, we, we will see you next week, hopefully, uh, as long as we're all still here. Uh, we'll uh, break down the AFC and the NFC North next week, finish up the divisions. Uh, happy training camp week. Happy Aaron Rodgers Day. I think this should be called Aaron Rodgers Day now, um, in my opinion. So, all right. As always, I'd like to end the show with a little uh, adios. Adios. Adios.